This is Free Talk Live. It's the Wednesday edition. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free by dialing in at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231, also known as the Packet 8 toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And as always, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are completely free. We're still recovering from a server crash earlier this week, so if the feature you're looking for isn't active, please be patient. And uh, we will get it back online as soon as possible. But it is free. Freetalklive.com when it's working, which is uh, 99% of the time. I love love how you promo the uh, BBS that's down. Uh, The BBS actually should be up. The BBS is up. What's down? It's, uh, the uh, credit card form for the amplifier subscription not working. Okay. Um, not so bad. The the wiki is back up. The BBS is back up. So for the most part, I think we're pretty much at you know eighty percent functionality or so. I, that's a heck of a lot more than eighty yeah. percent if you started talking about content. Yeah, that's true. More like ninety nine percent. So uh, and actually, actually, it's been a long time since we've had any server trouble. So I guess you know, this stuff happens over time. Anyway, head over there freetalklive.com. Enjoy that. It is the free uh, the Thanksgiving week series of episodes of Free Talk Live, and that means several things. It means, number one, that we're here doing shows live every single day of the week, so be sure you join us on Thanksgiving Day. Of course, this is Thanksgiving Eve as we're doing the show. Uh, We'll be here Thanksgiving Day, usual time, usual place, uh, also Friday and Saturday as well. So be sure you're here for every single moment, and if you miss a moment, you can always get it online at freetalklive.com. Now, of course, one of the things that always happens in this particular week is Black Friday, which I'm pretty excited about. There's not too much in the news about it yet. I'm sure we'll have more to say on it tomorrow. Of course, this is the biggest shopping day of the year, and there's always some interesting stories to tell about Black Friday. But what people are doing today is traveling. Yes, great deal of them. This is the biggest travel day, as I understand it, in the entire uh, the entire country. For, for all of the year, most people travel to go see family members and friends today. And that means that there may be a number of people listening to this show stuck in traffic. Of course, that's always a possibility, but even more so now than before. And, of course, the longer you're on the road, especially if you're driving a great distance, driving across the country to go see family, say, in Florida or another state or something like that, the longer you're on the road, the more likely the chance is that you're going to get pulled over. Woo! In which case, Wayne has some tips for you. Well, from SmartMoney.com, there's an interesting article called Talk Your Way Out of a Ticket. Obviously, no one relishes an encounter with the fuzz, but the chances are you have friends who have the uncanny ability to weasel out of any speeding ticket. What's their secret? Well, if you're a woman, sometimes crying works. You know, when I was a kid, (laughs) (laughs) when I was a kid, my mom used to cry. I was so embarrassed, but it used to work sometimes. Other times it didn't, but she'd cry and she'd cry and, come on, mom, shut up. (laughs) But uh, you know, thing- I don't know why it is, but I generally do not get tickets. Um, I, do, you, up, do you cry? And I don't. I just. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I, I do a- always say, "Sir." You know, you ma'am. say that you say the crying works for women, but I mean, if I was a cop and a guy was crying, I, I might feel kind of sorry for him. <laughs> I'd say, "Come on, you wuss, just take it like a man. Suck it up, and and don't call the the officer. Don't call the cop Ossifer like I did one time. Yeah, not a good idea. That's no. a bad idea. That's a bad idea. <laughs> um, but. The first thing they say uh, that works really well is they, they call it stick 'em up, and it says you, you know you've watched the show Cops, right? Well, when the cop uh, gets out of the car, you want to shut your engine off, shut your lights off, um, and put your hands on the wheel. Don't go in the glove compartment yet till he comes right to the window. Mm. And good reasons for those things. Yes, because they don't want to, uh, they, they don't they, they're they don't nervous. Want to, yeah, I they're mean, nervous. They the don't. Traffic stops are dangerous for police. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, and and bad things can happen if you set them at ease that you're um, not going to do anything 
to harm them, then you know they're they're in a better mood. Exactly. You gotta if you put yourself in their position for a moment, even though it's hard to imagine being a, a you know a mindless automaton. Oh God. But if you put yourself in their position and you imagine that they are getting into a situation with a total stranger. They don't know who you are. Okay, they might have run the tag. They might know who owns the vehicle. They might know that the, the person that owns the vehicle may have a clean record, but they don't know that that's you. And so you could be absolutely anybody. You could be a you know dangerous uh, cop-killing criminal uh, just waiting to put a bullet in another police officer. So you know they, they're essentially they're risking their lives every time they pull somebody over, which um, that's why you have to keep this in mind. And actually, I've actually hung my hands out the window before because my old uh, vehicle had some pretty heavy tinting, and so I was concerned that, well, because of the tinting, they might not see my hands on the steering wheel, so therefore roll down my window, hang my hands out the, the window. And it actually threw a cop off. She, didn't under, she, she was actually shocked that I would do something like that. And it's unusual. Um, it is. Most people don't have as dark a tinting as you have either. So. Right. Then she threatened me um, to call out the tint meter and... Um, you know, essentially test the tinting to see if it was too dark. Because you gave her the idea. Well, I told her, yeah, I guess you're right about that. And I, put, I, put your Glock on the on the dashboard, too, so they can see it. I think that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Leave that. Leave the one. Glock underneath the seat. <laughs> so let's, especially if you're in New York, you don't want to have the Glock anywhere near you in New York. Well, there's no. plenty of uh, states that uh, and cities that are just terrible about uh, handguns. Let's continue. More tips for uh, getting out of a ticket, perhaps. Well, the next thing is a name drop. If you know someone in, in their fine police force that they might think highly of, you can take the chance and name drop. If you uh, have bought a PBA card, which stands for the Police Benevolent Association, uh, put the card uh, with your license when you hand them your license. Sometimes that helps. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Neither one of them are. And sometimes they I don't know have, why cops would care whether you're a member of the PBA because they don't get any money out of it, but they it shows you're a supporter. Yes, and that you're a good, upstanding citizen. Right. Hopefully, I actually used to have the uh, my driver's license, my um, my insurance, and my registration all together and paper clipped. Mm-hmm. And so if I got pulled over, he could just I could just pull out you know the stack and hand it to the officer. And I also had a hundred dollar bill inserted in there as well i just wanted to see if a cop would actually take the money i wanted to see if there was if there was ever a time when i got pulled over if the cop would come back with uh my stack of things and the hundred dollar bill would be missing and i would be let go without uh, being given a ticket well that can be like a name drop because you're saying well i uh, i have a friend or i have an uncle who's in your fine police force you know his name's ulysses s grant you know him benjamin franklin yeah uh thankfully i never got the opportunity to, to test that out but Nonetheless, it seemed like a neat idea. Yes. I know, I know some had... dead presidents. Yeah. So what else, Wayne? Well, you could play dumb, too, because a lot of times the officer will ask you, do you know why you're being pulled over? And you don't want to say, well, I have a, a taillight out, because he may not have noticed that. Mm-hmm. So you want to let him tell you why he's pulling you over. Excellent point. What uh, else do we have? There's also, you can also kiss up a little bit. You can tell them that, you know, you can tell him his uniform looks nice, his, uh, where does he get his hair done. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That seems kind of cheesy. Yeah, it could be. It, well, I think saying sir or ma'am or officer. Oh, being respectful to them? Yeah, you, you certainly don't want to be rude to a cop. No, never. But but I don't know. It, going to that cheesy route, I don't know if that's going to get you any, any bo- uh, bonus points. I don't know. How, some people will look through it and kind of like sneer at it, but others, you know, there's vain folks out there. It might work, yeah. If true. you told me my hair looks good, I'd believe you. Right. But you, you probably nice wear your hat. Thank you. <laughs> if it's sincere, I guess it would work. Right. Yeah. Uh, next thing, don't argue. 
uh, being rude, obviously, or sarcastic or, com- or combative with a police officer, not good thing. And that's a good point because there's no point in arguing with the cops. It, they're going to write you the ticket, and then you can go argue with the judge. If you want somebody to argue with, you can argue with the judge. Because right. if you argue with a cop, they're just going to write you something else. <laughs> they're going to find another reason why they can write you up another ticket. Right. Um, you know, if, they're in a, if, if, you put them, if you give them any reason at all to give you a ticket, why wouldn't they? That's what their job is, to give tickets out. They're fundraisers. They're a fundraising arm of the government. They want to raise funds. That's what their job is. So they, don't they, give them the reason. They also keep pullover notes and so they can refer to them later if, if they have to go to court. Mm. So if you argue with them, they're going to put on there that you were belligerent. So you want to be as polite as possible so there's nothing in those notes if you ever do take it to court to fight it. That's kind of like how delivery drivers, uh, pizza companies, they have delivery notes as well. So, you know no tipper or you know, they can make notes about you if you're a jerk to them and refuse you service in the future or something like that. Yes. Are there more tips, Wayne? Yes. Uh, one of the other, t- the last tip is that uh, ask for a warning. Sometimes you can tell the you cop. You can ask for a warning? Yes. You, you can say, well, uh, I don't think a, a ticket would, uh, it would take a ticket for me to learn a lesson. I'd be happy with a with a written warning. Hmm. Now, yeah, some, you, you want to do that up front though, right? Yes. Because if they've started writing the ticket, you're done. They yes. can't. I mean, the paperwork has been partially filled out. They must complete it. Any fast talking that you plan on doing, do early before he gets the pen out. Hmm. Well, normally yes. they go back. Normally they take your license and registration and they go back and sit in the car. And then they just sort of make you sweat it out. Because you, you're wondering if they're writing something else up or checking your record. Or if, especially if you've got something on your record, you, you're wondering what they're doing back there. And that's when they're actually starting the paperwork. So should you do it as you hand them your information? I think so, yes. You've got to get it in before they leave. Right, it seems tricky, but uh, good luck. Let us know if you have any stories about getting out of tickets. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Your show, you take control, toll-free. 800-259-9231. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are for free, and that includes updates. You get signed up, we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce. Updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. We're in the midst, actually, I sent out an update recently about our auction. We're selling the second banner on the Free Talk Live website, pretty much site-wide, uh, at auction.freetalklive.com. I checked earlier today. hasn't gone up in value. It's still sitting at 30-something bucks. So if you want to get a, an entire month's worth of advertising for whether it's your product, your service, a favorite band, a movement, whatever, head over to auction.freetalklive.com and place your bid. It, it sounds like the snipers are waiting for the very end. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. All right, let's go to the phones, to the fun. Let's talk to Brett in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Hey, what's on your mind, Brett? Hey, guys. Well, I was going to call up to uh, talk about the uh, Military Commissions Act with a possible pocket veto you guys were discussing the other day. Yeah, as it turns out that uh, somebody else called in on that and essentially said that the pocket veto doesn't apply um, because he essentially he did sign the, the bill within 10 days, not including Sundays, as, as per the Constitution. Of receiving it, but not of receiving it. it. Yeah, just... I, as a just a quick add-on to that, a great a great resource for this. A lot of people are familiar with Wikipedia, but where I found out about this, one of the great things about Wikipedia is when you're looking at an article, you can click back to see the discussion that went on among the people who are editing the article, mm-hmm. and in that discussion is where 
I went to the Wikipedia page on the Military Commissions Act, and in the discussion of the editors, they discussed the pocket veto. Hmm. And so it's, I find this discussion page just fantastic. It's a great resource, and you know what the, you know, unlike a normal encyclopedia, you know what's going on in the editors' minds when they put these articles together. Yeah, it's true. Wikipedia is a, a very useful resource, no doubt about it. Did you have anything that you wanted to highlight about it in particular, or are you just no, pr- plugging it, Wikipedia? No, I, I, can, I can tell you about my surefire way to get out of speeding tickets. Okay, sure. Surefire. Uh, surefire. I have used it three, I, I used it once, and I've been pulled over twice since then, and I've never got a speeding ticket since I've used this technique. Okay. And it involves three different, three different psychological t- techniques. First one I learned about in uh, freshman psych class, and they did a study where students tried to cut in line for a photocopier, mm-hmm. and I don't remember the exact numbers, but they had students try to cut in line for a photocopier. And first they just went up and said, you know, can I cut in line? And some small percentage, maybe like 10%, were able to cut in line. Right. The second group, they, they went up and said, can I cut in line because I have to use the photocopier? which, of course, is presenting a reason that's not a reason at all. Yeah, it's of course that's stating the obvious, on. sure. Yeah, but what happened was it went up to some astounding number, like 70 or 80% of the time they what? were able to cut in line. That's so, crazy. Yeah, so the, so the first technique is when you're trying to get out of a ticket is you present a reason why. Even if it's a nonsensical reason, it's better than no reason at all. A, a reason that, why you shouldn't get a ticket, you mean? Yes. Uh, Can you give me the, some examples? Well, let me, let, me, let me tell you the this, this second technique here, and then I'll, I'll tell you exactly what I do. Okay. Uh, the second one I learned from reading a book on playing poker. And there was a professional poker player who sometimes when he folds his card, an opponent would ask what he had. And his technique, since he didn't want to tell what he had, is he would present two options, neither of which were true. So he would say, for example, well, I'm not going to tell you, but I either had a straight or a flush. When, in fact, he had a full house. And people would tend to think of those two options and not the third. So what I, what I do is I, I combine these techniques when I'm pulled over, and, and, when, and I combine it in asking a question because people don't like to act dumb. When you ask somebody a question they want to answer right away, they don't want to seem dumb. Okay. So when the, when the officer comes up to the car, what I would say is pretty much right away, I'd hand him my license, and I'd say something to the effect, you know, I know I was probably going too fast. Do you think you could let me off? And then I threw out a reason because it's a nice day or whatever. Hey, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I say, could you let me off since it's such a nice day? Or the first time I used this, I was pulled over by a canine unit. And I said, could you let me off since it's such a nice day? Or are you going to have to sick your dog on me? So what I'm doing is I'm presenting two options, neither of which is giving me a ticket. And I'm putting him on the spot right then where he kind of has the answer, and I give a reason why to let me off. Now, doesn't, um, or you're going to have to sick your dog on Isn't me? a threat? Doesn't that sound like a threat? Does it sound, or are you going to sick your dog on me? Oh, or sound, are you going to sick your dog on me? Yes. I see. Um, I thought you said, or you're going to have to sick your dog no, on me. Yeah. No, And And another time, it wasn't a canine user, I said, are you, or are you going to have to throw me in the clink? Which, obviously, he's not going to throw me in jail, so that's not an option. So right away you're presenting him with two options, neither of which is giving you a ticket. And every time I've used it, I've got out of it. So ticket. let me so see if I can review it. it. Yeah, I want to recap this. Let me see if I understand it. Um, you're saying that um, you essentially ask to get out of the ticket. Oh, what do you say you let me off? It's such a nice day. Or what do you say you let me off? It's raining out or something like that. Yep. 
and then you also present them with a second option that they're obviously not going to go through with. Yeah. So you say something like, do you think you could let me off this ticket since it's, since it's my birthday, or are you going to have to throw me in jail? Or are you going to have to throw me in jail, or are yes. you stating, or you're going to have no, to throw me in jail? No, or are you going to have to throw me in jail? It's a question. Yeah. Which see. are you going to do, neither of which is giving you a ticket? So he'll he'll say, yeah, I'll let you off. No, yeah, I won't you throw you in jail. Time, but, yeah. And so there's there hasn't been an instance where he said, no, I'm not going to throw you in jail, but I am going to write you this ticket. That three hasn't time, happened to three you. Three times I've been I've used it. Three last three times I've been pulled over and I've I've not gotten I've been let off all three times. Pretty smooth, Brett. That's a sales close. I think that the uh, the are you um, or are you going to have to throw me in jail is is great because um, it. Gives them it gives them power it it, it elevates them um, in the situation to the point that they say to themselves yes that's right I could throw somebody in jail yes I am I'm a, a cop. big powerful guy and you know the I other, mean, yeah the other reason why they're susceptible is everybody knows that cops will will sometimes let people off mm-hmm. and when unless you're doing something really egregious when a cop goes up to your car he doesn't know what he's going to do. And, and it's, it's at that moment, you know, marketers know this real well. You know, when you walk up the soup aisle, a lot of times you don't know what soup you're going to buy. Are you going to buy the Campbell soup or are you going to buy the plain label? And buy what's and on sale. Yeah, you know, and it's that instant when people don't know exactly what they're going to do that they're susceptible to either advertising, which is why, you know, advertising with Campbell's soup works so mm-hmm. well, or suggestions like this when somebody doesn't know right then what they're going to do. So you're and, just throwing right out initially, you're throwing out a suggestion to them. Yep, basically. right when I hand them my license, I right out because like you guys said you don't want to let them get back to the car that's a great point excellent strategy and brett thank you for it we appreciate hearing from you you might just save a few people a few hundred bucks this holiday season as they're out on the roads 1-800-259-9231 if you've got uh ticket escaping success stories that you want to share we'd love to hear from you on that i've got one for you Ian. okay one time i got pulled over for uh making a u-turn where it said no u-turn mm-hmm. so the cop pulled me over and i said Oh, officer, the, the the sign says, no, U-turn. So I did. And, and he started laughing so hard, and he went in his car and told his partner. They started laughing, and they let me off. That's cool. <laughs> right on. Well, there's other people that are traveling in America today, and that includes air travelers, also people driving. Well, as it turns out, coming up next Thanksgiving, in fact, as early as January 23rd, if you're going to see relatives or friends in Canada or Mexico, You're going to need to show a passport when you come back to the country. We'll give you the details on the way. Yes, that's right. Your papers, please. Welcome to America. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the Wednesday edition of the show, Thanksgiving Eve edition. We're here live. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet8.net toll free lines. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. There is live, There are live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both of them are completely free at freetalklive.com. So we're talking about travel. And, uh, of course, it's an appropriate time to do so, considering a lot of uh, families and friends are driving around the country as we speak. 
um, busily trying to get to their destinations so they can enjoy their Thanksgiving holiday uh, with their loved ones. And, of course, um, travel is uh, – there's a lot of aspects to travel, especially if you're going outside of the country. And a number of people do have relatives, say, in Canada, for instance, uh, other uh, – maybe in Mexico, adjacent nations. Now, up until recently, and up until, I guess, January 23rd, it, you were able to go to certain countries – just because you had, say, like a state-issued identification card. So if you had a driver's license, that was good enough, right? If you wanted to go to Canada and come back into the United States, just having a driver's license, some sort of state-issued ID, was enough. Well, now they're changing the rules. Now that's not enough. In fact, according to the Associated Press, and, and we reported on this when, the, when it was just first brewing, and now it's getting closer to actually becoming a reality. Nearly all air travelers entering the United States will be required to show passports beginning January 23rd, including Americans and people from Canada and other nations in the Western Hemisphere. The date was disclosed Tuesday by Homeland Security Secretary Michael Chertoff in an interview with the Associated Press. The Homeland Security Department plans to announce the change on Wednesday. Until now, the department, that's today, had not set a specific date for instituting the passport requirement for air travelers, though the start had been expected to be around the beginning of the year. Setting the date on January 23rd pushes past the holiday season. The requirement marks a change for Americans, Canadians, Bermudans, and some Mexicans. Currently, U.S. citizens returning from other countries in the hemisphere are not required to present passports, but must show some other proof of citizenship, such as driver's licenses or birth certificates. Visitors from most countries in the hemisphere are required to show passports. However, people from Canada, Bermuda, and those from Mexico who enter the U.S. frequently and have special border-crossing cards have been allowed to use other forms of identification, including driver's licenses. Now, I thought it was Bahamians also um, were allowed, apparently not. I don't know. Maybe they're just leaving that out of the article. So it might be possible. What's the point in this? The point is to yeah. get people to buy passports and jump through more hoops. It, and it, seem, it really seems like it because, um, you know, I mean, you've got you've to show a birth certificate or mm-hmm. something to get a driver's license. I mean, are their driver's license not good enough? Are their driver's licenses unsafe? Maybe it's an excuse to get the new RFID-chipped passports into people's hands. I, I, it, that's happening now, right? Have they put those in the passports, or is that going to happen in 2007? I know it's coming soon. It's supposed to happen this year. It should okay. be happening now. Yeah. So maybe that's kind of... Maybe they're just coinciding this at the same time to where um, they're just using it as an excuse to chip people, basically. And, and your, your suggestion is as good as mine on this. Why is this happening? 1-800-259-9231. If you if they're requiring that, maybe that'll be the excuse for having a national ID because then you won't need the passport anymore to go across the border. Could be they could they could say, well, Americans, you have so many different forms of ID. You've got a passport now and a driver's license, and uh, who needs all? That? Let's just coalesce it all into one national ID. You won't have to change identification when you go from state You'll to state. You'll still need a passport to get into other countries. That does, that's ridiculous. That, that's true. Um, the the thing is, is they just we're government, we're important, and you should have to interact with us. I think is the only thing that that makes any sense to me. We, uh, you know, we, we, you you must have our little pieces of paper because this is what we do, and it's important, it's relevant. Plus, this is going to be a mess for anybody that was out of the country to where they left the country expecting they wouldn't need a passport coming back in, and then when they come back, they're told, uh, "Where's your passport?" What? Huh? What you passport? I need, I need a passport to get back in. I don't. I don't. I don't have a passport. Well, sorry, we can't let you back in. 
Yeah, what's that going to be like? I'm, I'm an American. I have to get back in. Bought a plane ticket. I've got my ticket. I mean, <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, in a few cases, according to Chertoff, quote, right now there are 8,000 different states and local entities in the U.S. issuing birth certificates and driver's licenses, says Chertoff. Having to distinguish phony from real in so many different documents, quote, puts an enormous burden on our customs and border inspectors. Oh, so that's what it is. They're just doing it for the bureaucrats. They're doing it for the ease of the bureaucrats. That's the excuse. The, but you have to um, give these things over in order to get the passport in the first place, so they're, they're inspecting them then. Right, but th- that's the passport office's job, Mark. They're talking about the poor customs bureaucrats that are doing the, the dirty work. We've got to make their jobs easier. Yeah, it's by too making hard. me work harder. Well, now, you don't want to let the terrorists in now, do you? This is for security. Yeah, come on, Mark. Give up a little freedom. All we're talking about here is just a passport. I mean, what's the big deal? Huh? I, you know, all the, the terrorists all got in with uh, <laughs> legitimate documentation. Well, you don't have anything to hide, do you? <laughs> that's, that's the thing, though. They weren't hiding anything. In a few cases, other documents still may be used for air entry into the United States by some frequent travelers from the U.S. or Canada, members of the American military on official business, or some U.S. merchant mariners. Under a separate program, Homeland Security plans to require all travelers, including Americans entering the United States by land or sea, to show a passport or alternative security identification card, whatever that means. I don't think driver's license is going to qualify for that as early as January of 2008. So they're starting with the airlines. They're going to start slow, start with air travelers, and they're going to expand it out to anybody who crosses the border in a vehicle. You're going to have to have a passport or alternative security identification card, which is probably going to be the national ID. That's what they're talking about, real ID, which is also supposed to be in effect in January, of, or not January 2008, but sometime in 2008 as well. So the Homeland Security Department estimates that one in four Americans has a passport. Some people have balked at the $97 price tag. The September 11th Commission said in its report, quote, for terrorists, travel documents are as important as weapons. The commission recommended strengthening security of travel documents. A 2004 law passed by Congress mandated the change to require passports as the only acceptable travel document, with few exceptions, but the exact date, up until now, had been in question. Canadian officials and you know, some... They probably said to themselves, I wonder how... You know, we've we got a little budget crunch going on here. I wonder how we could get a hundred extra dollars out of every American citizen. Who wants to travel? Yeah. yeah. That's it. That'll do it. Uh, Chertoff said his agency's data revealed that in September of 2006, 90% of passengers leaving from Canadian airports had passports. The department estimated that 69% of U.S. travelers to Canada also hold passports... Quote, could James Bond and Q come up with a fake passport that could fool inspectors, Chertoff asked, referring to uh, the fictional spy and his espion agency's technical genius. Of course, he replied, nothing's completely perfect. So he's, already, he's just admitting there that, yeah, sure, you can, you can scam the system, but you know what? You Americans are good little citizens, and you'll jump through whatever hoops we put up, won't you? You'll just do whatever it is the government wants you to do, whatever we ask. How will you not do this, though? No task is too onerous. I mean, how could you protest this? You won't get back in the United States. Yeah, it's true. They'll just keep you out. Yeah. And I want to know what they're going to do for the people. I mean, are they going to... What are you going to do if you come back and you don't have a passport? Are you going to get turned around and told, well, sorry, you're going to have to apply for a passport, send us your documentation. Well, wait a minute. I didn't bring my birth certificate with me. How am I supposed to send you my birth certificate? I don't have it. I can't get to my filing cabinet. It's at home in, you know, Virginia. Well, there'll be some sort of alternative, like maybe a strip search or something. You think so? Body cavity search, yeah, maybe strip so. search. 
We'll see. Well, yeah, it could happen. Well, what do you think about this? Is it uh, is it going a little too far? Are you willing to jump through these hoops? Is there any way to protest this that you can think of? I mean, there, there are people that have, uh, within the country, filed lawsuits to protest the idea that you supposedly need ID to get through the airports. Turns out it's not true. Turns out you don't need to show identification to travel domestically. But how you could protest this one, I don't know. And, and that's a great question. If you've got an answer for it, 800-259-9231, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind on the way. Talking about increasing the, the uh, size of the government, increasing its control over your life, the demands that they make. Well, now there's a story out of New York City about how police watchtowers are going up in the city. It's like It's like you're living in a gulag, essentially. We'll give you the details on the way. This is for real. 800-259-9231. That's the toll-free number. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you. You take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. The packet eight toll free lines. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features there are completely free. And a great way to help support the show is to shop with us at Amazon. Amazon.freetalklive.com is where you go, and then anything you purchase, we'll get a percentage of. Free Talk Live gets a percentage of virtually anything you buy, even used items at Amazon. And we get a percentage of that, too. So head over to Amazon.freetalklive.com. Shop in 35 categories of products, everything from groceries to DVDs to office products. I mean, it's all there. If it's at a department store, it's probably at Amazon, and it's probably cheaper. Plus, you get free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. And I just got noticed, and this is really cool, and I think we're going to be pushing this uh, quite a bit here in the next few weeks. But, of course, Friday is Black Friday. This is the top shopping day of the year. Retail businesses go crazy. There's crazy sales, crazy shoppers in the aisles, duking it out over Tickle Me Elmo and that sort of thing. Well... If you want to avoid all of that, obviously the solution is to shop on Amazon, right? But, of course, nobody wants to buy things for people anymore. I mean, the gift certificates are the way to go, right? I mean, if you're buying gifts for people, there's a good chance you get the wrong gift, and then somebody's going to be disappointed, and they're going to have to return it, and nobody wants to go through these hassles. So if you just get them a gift certificate, then it's taken care of. They buy what they want. You set the dollar amount, it's delivered to them, and guess who's got gift certificates? Amazon. Amazon. Amazon, of course. The best stuff on earth. So now you don't even have to go anywhere on Black Friday. It's Snapple, isn't it? It is. <laughs> oh, shoot. You don't even have to go anywhere on Black Friday. You just sit at your computer, go to Amazon.freetalklive.com, and order gift certificates for everybody you know, and you're done. Your Christmas shopping is over, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage of the sale. No gas. Really, yeah. No gas. No time wasted. Could it be better? Really. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Wow, the New York Police Department. Got to keep you safe. They're installing Skywatch in Harlem. According to New York One, the NYPD has installed a patrol tower in a Harlem neighborhood in an effort to cut crime in the high-risk neighborhood. The two-story booth tower, called Skywatch, gives the officer sitting inside a better vantage point from which to monitor the area. How you doing? Can I see your papers? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like New York. <laughs> Officers in the booth have access to a spotlight, sensors, and four cameras. The tower is portable and can even be moved to the areas that need it most. Residents in Harlem say they like the idea 
Though, some wonder if the appearance of Skywatch has anything to do with the two new luxury condos built on a nearby corner. There was crime around here before, and they never had it. Now all these expensive buildings, it's true, said one area resident, but actually it's good, though, because I used to see a lot of crowd here, and sometimes I was scared to pass by, but guess what? That doesn't happen anymore. It's kind of a deterrence, and it's good. Police say the Harlem Tower was placed there to combat, uh, to combat a rise in murders. Are there just a lot of murders right out in the street in Harlem? Is it that bad? I thought they'd cleaned up New York. Bill Clinton has his office in Harlem. Harlem's getting a lot better. Um, you know, Harlem's becoming a, a, a relatively trendy address. Well, now Skywatch is there to keep it under the watchful eye. I, of I wonder the if they'll change the name. You know, they changed Hell Clinton, uh, Hell Kitchen to Clinton, I believe. So uh, hmm. I don't know if uh, Harlem's going to get itself a new name. Skywatch has also been tested in Crown Heights in Brooklyn, where it did reduce crime, allegedly. Police are hoping to have three more towers soon. So police towers just going up everywhere in New York City. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm hearing the theme from Hogan's Heroes in my head right now. I don't get. I don't get that. Well, th- there was a watchtower on the uh, in the intro of Hogan's Heroes. With, I see. Uh, the German officer holding the, the ha- controlling the big spotlight. I know nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, Schultz. That's Schultz. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you feel about this? Is this something that if you, would you welcome a police watchtower to your neighborhood? Jesus. Does it make you feel safe? It makes me feel watched. What my kids re- my kids would be climbing it. I don't think they'd like that very much. I don't know. I mean, it just it's spooky and weird. Yeah. But it it all harkens back to this, well, what have you got to hide statement? Yes. And I mean, uh, if you haven't got anything to hide, why can't we put an officer in your house? I wonder what color it is. Is it like black and ominous looking? Well, you can see it's probably a... got one-way um, one-way windows. I would imagine. Cause... Yes, it's definitely. Well, uh, you can see a small picture of it here, and we'll post the article on the bulletin board system for you later. But it's essentially a fairly fairly tall tower. I would say it doesn't actually give you the specs, but definitely it's above. Looks like it's above the height of the um, the stoplights, so it's fairly high up. There's it's sort of like a blacked out looking window. It's white. So it's probably white. You can't see the sides. I'm guessing the sides probably say police on it. And uh, I, I, actually, I would guess there's probably windows on all sides. That would be the, the way to do it, of course. But here are your overseers, Americans. They're right there in the streets. And, of course, the, 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 the deal is they're supposed to be keeping you safe. But are they? Are you really going to look to the police to keep you safe when they're doing things like this? According to the Atlanta, I guess WSB in Atlanta, three police officers... Uh, officers were shot and wounded, and an elderly woman killed at a house in northwest Atlanta on Tuesday night. Now, why on earth was a 92-year-old woman shot to death? I don't know. I'm shocked. What, by police What officers? could possibly have happened that they shot to death a 92-year-old woman? She pulled out her shotgun. Uh, did she have the shotgun? Somebody had a shotgun. I'm if I were a sure. 94-year-old woman, I'd have a shotgun. Well, uh, relatives say the woman was 92. She opened fire on the officers from the narcotics division at a house at 93.3 Neal Street. According to officers, authorities say they received a tip of drug activity taking place at the home, and officers were headed to the house with a search warrant. So they got a tip? This this was based on a tip? They kicked in a door? Somebody said that there was drug activity Mm -hmm. there at a 92-year-old woman's house? Yep. Well, your Social Security check probably isn't going very far anymore. Relatives identify the elderly woman as Katherine Johnson. The woman's niece, Sarah Dozier, says she bought her aunt a gun to protect herself and that her aunt had a permit for the gun. Relatives believe Johnson was frightened by the officers and opened fire. 
They kicked down her door, talking about drugs. There's no drugs in that house, and they realize now they've got the wrong house, said Dozier. I'm mad as hell. Officers said, or officials said, they had the correct house and that the warrant they had was legal. Well, that makes it all okay, right? Yeah. It was a legal warrant. They were at the right house. Dead old lady. No big deal. Shove her under the, you know, take her body away. Clean up the mess. All right, we're going home, everybody. Hey, I'll see you for beers afterwards. What? <laughs> That's it, huh? Days over. Week, weeks over. Head on home. Paid vacation time. I'm in I mean, shock. Are they even gonna? Are they even going to investigate this? Apparently so. All three of the officers were taken to Grady Memorial Hospital. Officers say, officials say they were alive, alert, and talking. How unfortunate. One officer was struck in the arm, the other struck in the shoulder, and another struck in the thigh. All of the officers are expected, unfortunately, to be all right. Oh, God. Well, I, I wouldn't want to see these. I mean, these officers weren't the ones that uh, decided that they were going to do this Excuse raid. Me? What? They didn't decide they were going to do the raid? Their were they not the ones who kicked in the door? Were they not the ones who pulled the triggers? This is what, what they're taught to do. Their I understand guy that. says, they you're decided. going here and doing no, this. No, no. They decided. Do not take the responsibility away from these jackboots, Mark, because they made that choice. Their captain may have said, okay, you're going here to do this drug raid here today, and they probably didn't know there was a 92-year-old lady inside. Of course, even a little bit of detective work would have revealed this information, you know, stake out the house for a little while, see what's going on there, but that's not what they do these days. They just kick in the doors and shoot whoever's around, and then uh, they apo- they don't even apologize. Apparently no apologies in this one. And so, no, I'm sorry. It's all of their faults. Every officer who's ever committed a drug raid, they're just as guilty as these guys in one this case. One of the first things they teach you as a, as a police officer when you're going to shoot is to identify your target. And... If you saw a 92-year-old lady standing there, would you pull the trigger even if she started shooting? Well, now, it was apparently 7 o'clock at night, and, you you know, maybe it was dark inside the house. Maybe she was sleeping, or maybe she was just, you know, it was dark watching TV or something like that. She, they might not have seen the 72-year-old or the 92-year-old lady. They might have just seen a shadow, and it was moving, and they wanted to shoot because they're on an adrenaline rush, and they're trigger-happy. Well, now, according to Radley Balco from Reason... Uh, he's got a few interesting little factoids about this case. According to the Atlanta Assistant Chief of Police, number one, the search warrant was, in fact, a no-knock warrant, which means they didn't even identify themselves uh, until they were on their way in the door. Police claim, number two, that there was yeah, an under... And she's 92. She may not have understood exactly what they said. Sure. Hey. They're, ye- they're yelling. What? Ah, you know, um, you know, police! Can you imagine Children. how scared you would be at 92 living by yourself? Can you imagine how frightened... And, she, she had her gun pretty handy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Number two, police claim there was an undercover buy at the residence. The seller was apparently a man, obviously not Mrs. Johnston. Number three, suspected narcotics were seized from the home and had been sent to a crime lab for analysis. The assistant chief wouldn't say how much of the suspected narcotics they had found. Number four, he also wouldn't speculate if Johnston herself was involved in dealing drugs or knew if drugs were being dealt from her home, only saying that both were under investigation. And number five, he maintains that despite the no-knock warrant, police still announced themselves before entering, though he then acknowledged moments later that the announcement came as police were battering down the door. It isn't at all difficult to see how a 92-year-old woman might not have heard or comprehended that announcement. This is what your police are doing. You want these people keeping you safe? The war on drugs. These towers in New York City are really making people feel safer? With police actions like this, hour number two is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, Wednesday edition of the show. Kicking off Hour 2, it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet A toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And as always, you can bring up anything. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all of the features you will find are completely free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. And register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Come and hear a speech by John Stossel entitled Enemies of Liberty. The three-day event starting on February 23rd. Early bird discount ends tomorrow. So register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information and registration and all that good stuff. So uh, let's talk about immigration and specifically uh, the language barrier, because a lot of people are concerned that, well, there's millions of immigrants streaming across the borders and invasion. They're going to take over and speak all Spanish and stuff. And we, yeah, they're going to take take back America, apparently, Um, or at least the Western portion of it. U.S. citizens concerned that Latino immigrants will have them singing the Star-Spangled Banner in Spanish can rest easy. According to an academic study published on Wednesday, a report in the Population and um, Development Review found that far from threatening the dominance of English, most Latin American immigrants to the United States lose their ability, the ability to speak Spanish over the course of a few generations. Hmm. The study by uh, sociologist Frank Bean and uh, Ruben Rambot from the University of California, Irvine, um, drew two surveys investigating adaptation by immigrant communities in California and South Florida. So that's Cubans. Wait and a minute. Mexico. What was the name of them studies, your peoples? What are their names? Frank Bean. Bean. Ruben. Ruben. Rumbat. Yeah, a bunch of, bunch of spicks doing that study. I think communists. I think communist spicks. I think Bean is probably uh, an English name would be my guess. <laughs> It uh, concluded that by the uh, third generation, most descendants of immigrants are linguistically dead in their mother tongue. Hmm. Now, this doesn't mean that they're bilingual, uh, which is, in, in general, the second generation. It means no hablo espanol. None. And I've met, I can't tell you how many of these people. I love to uh, torture people that speak Spanish with bad Spanish. I, mm-hmm. it, it's, any opportunity I get, I'm going to try to talk to them in Spanish. Um, now, it's pretty impressive to white people the way I speak Spanish because, well, they don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah, right. But, um, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, a little, it's a little arduous for Spanish speakers because, uh, you know, I've got a very white guy accent and uh, I don't know every word out there. So, uh, you know, I know that um, these people don't, in fact, speak Spanish because they can't speak it to me. Mm. They say, oh, I, don't, I don't know how. I'll say. <laughs> I just look like that. Yeah. Um, based on an analysis of language uh, loss over the generations, the study concludes that English has never been seriously threatened as the dominant language in America, nor has is it under the threat today, researchers said. Although the generational life expectancy of Spanish is greater among Mexicans in Southern California than in other groups, its demise is all but assured by the third generation. Interesting. Third generation immigrants, like for instance, uh, Cheech and Chong. What's the Cheech guy's name? Cheech, Cheech Marin. Marin. Cheech yeah. Marin. I imagine he probably can't speak much Spanish at all because mm-hmm. he's, you know, uh, well into his third generation. Okay. Sure. 
The study, which also included some data from the immigrant groups from um, Asian countries, weighed weighs into a polarizing debate in the United States on the desirability, or otherwise, of linguistic assimilation for immigrant minorities. Differences flared earlier this year um, when a group of Latino and Caribbean artists recorded um, a version of the Star-Spangled Banner in Spanish, (laughs) prompting condemnation from some public figures, including George W. Bush. Now, you can find uh, on the internets, um, when he was running for governor in uh, Texas... Didn't he sing? He was actually singing it. Right, he sang it in Spanish. In Spanish. So, and now he's coming out against it. Well, he has has come out. Oh, that had to be Spanish gibberish. He, he was trying. On, and, you know, you live in Texas long enough, you're going to learn a little bit. That's All right, true. that was one of the reasons why uh, his brother Jeb got uh, reelected in, in Florida, because he went around speaking Spanish at uh, various different events. His wife is um, Cuban. Yes. So, you know, it, it, he's Republican and Cuban, and, and his mm-hmm. wife is Cuban. He's almost guaranteed an election um, from, or at least to pull in Miami, and that's sure. the largest uh, city in Florida. With, so the, with the built-in Spanish tutor. Yeah, well, it's all about pandering for votes, and uh, and that's what they're doing. And now I guess George Bush doesn't need the votes anymore, so now he – I mean, wait, he came out against the Spanish thing before 2004, didn't he? Or came no, out that was about – no, that was when he did. Um, okay, na- that was when he did. The national anthem ought to be sung in English, Bush said, um, of the version dubbed uh, Nuestro – Imno uh, by the artists, and I think that uh, that would be him, Imno. Um, and I think that people want to be citizens of this country ought to learn it in English. Now I, I think agree he's a jerk that they should learn it in English. I disagree, and here's why: he ought to be honored as the president of the United States that other people in other countries are singing the American national anthem in their native language. They're not singing the Mexican national anthem; they're singing the American national anthem. Yeah, That's, they'll get the, they'll get to the English one later. Well, uh, whatever. It's it should be a compliment. Well, I, who says that they're singing in other countries? I mean, they just recorded it for people in America that speak Spanish. Okay. And is, here's my. Um, well, my, he should be happy they're not, you know, recording La Raza, La Raza, Bring Back Mexico, or whatever these people are so afraid of. I, mean, I these, concur. These paranoid immigration controlling freaks believe that um, Mexicans are coming here to retake America. But where are all the retake America songs? They're singing the national anthem. Now, they're not singing Ra Ra Mexico. I um I think they should learn it, but I think they should learn it for their own reasons mm. because it's better for them. Um, and here's here's the reason. Um, even if you brought in twenty percent of the population, you just shipped them in, pure Spanish-speaking people off the boat. Um, they're not going to have much money, so they're not going to open many businesses, not big businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to conduct business in the United States, you're going to have to speak English. Right. So those people are going to learn as quickly as they can, even if there's 20% of them. Even if you put them all in one place, um, they understand that to bring money into their community, they have to be able to, to do um, business outside of their community. That's right. And so the people that have money and that are established in the United States speak English. They understood it's it. It's just not going to happen. That um, I, just, I can't imagine. It doesn't make any sense to me. They understood it. The Italians understood it. And all these other uh, immigrant groups that came here and were very large percentages in the places they moved to. They understood it, and they learned English, too. Why it is that these uh, anti-immigration zealots believe that Mexicans are somehow different from the rest of the immigrants is, is beyond me. It's just pure bias. It's just bigotry. Well, these people are, are responding to powerful economic incentives because life in their own country stinks. Sure. And, and who's, who's really um, in cahoots with their own government? 
When you say that, what do you mean? Well, there's a lot of foreign aid that goes to Mexico and doesn't mm-hmm. end up in the right hands. Sure. Foreign aid never ends up in the right hands. I mean, for the most part, it's foreign aid is d- defined as money, um, taxpayer dollars, being spent by governments and um, being given to other governments in other countries. Well, so if, if you want to help somebody out, uh, give to a private charity and don't ask for foreign aid to be distributed. Well, what, what does it take for you to pick up all your stuff and move to another country and work there or send money home or take your family? That's a huge undertaking. Oh, Look yeah. what you guys went through just coming up here, right. going to a new country. Yeah, well, we get to speak the same language and enjoy some almost. of the same accoutrements that we had down there. But, yeah, well, almost. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um but these I was people looking are today. Pe- that, uh, in fact, there's a uh, there's there's a Western and a, an Eastern New England accent. So, Is that right? Yeah. So we're we're in the Western one. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Wayne. I was going to I was going to say that these people are coming here, taking all these risks, and going through all this to make a better life for themselves and their families because the incentives are here. The economic what incentives are here. What you talking about? That Wayne? They're coming here to take our money. They're coming here to take our jobs. They're coming here to take our welfare. Oh, they coming here to make a better life. Well, some of that what may you- be true. Some of that may be true. It but, may be, but it's only yeah. true because the welfare exists for those people to take. Yeah, I like to say there's two types of immigrants. There's the type you were describing first, the ones that are coming here to make a better life for themselves. And then there's the one, there are the ones that are coming to feed off the teat of big mommy government. But if we didn't have that teat hanging out, if there wasn't a big welfare program for people to feed off of, then those people wouldn't come here. It's such a simple solution to this problem. Instead of what these immigration controllers want, they want to build a wall, they want more enforcement, they want the military on the border. Now we've got people um, going to be required to show passports to get back into the country. I mean, they're talking about creating a police state, and that's still not going to solve the problem. Because we pointed this out last week, we had an extensive article about all of the corruption going on down on the border. And all that's going to happen, if you put more border patrols and military people down there, it's just going to mean that the gangs are going to have to pay more dollars to bring people through. That's all. That's all that's going to change is the the amount they have to spend will go up, increasing the risk and just making it more dangerous for people to to, uh, engage in that black market activity. But it won't stop them. More tunnels. More tunnels? More uh, uh, more 18-wheelers coming through? More on the way. It's free time. I love tunnels. 1-800. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It is the Thanksgiving Eve edition, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And uh, we are going to be here on Thanksgiving Day, and we are going to be here the following day, and Saturday as well. So live shows all week long, as usual. So be sure to join us for them. And, of course, online at freetalklive.com, where all of the features are for free, and that includes the poll. And the question is still, what is your age? We're trying to determine our uh, our listener demographics. We sort of kind of had an idea what it might have been, but this is a better way to find out for sure. So head, head over to poll.freetalklive.com if you get a moment and uh, answer the question. You will need to have a free uh, BBS account that takes only moments to sign up for if you don't have one yet. And you should have one. There's fun stuff on that BBS. And, and we sure. promise not to spam you. Yeah, that's right. I think we're still currently, uh, what, uh, 25 to... 18 to 35 males is the heavy duty. 18 to 35 is response. Um, just about 60%. And then uh, if you add in uh, males, uh, 35, 44, um, then it goes up another 15. So that's uh, 75% of our listenership falls in the uh, 18 to 44 male category. All right. So register yourself over there. Poll.freetalk.com. Especially if you're not male, 18 to 44. <laughs> no, we want everybody. We yep. want to know. That's true. We're talking about immigration and 
we were just discussing uh, just it's just general things about how you know there's two types of immigrants that come here. There's the ones that want to make a better life for themselves, and then there's the ones that want to feed off of the welfare program. And the solution is not to lock down the borders. The solution is not to place more police down at the border and demand ID from everybody and have a national database. This is another um, solution they pr- uh, proposed. Have a national database of all workers in America to where you have to have your job approved by the federal government before you can get a job. That's for real. That's something they are working towards as we speak. These are not the answers. The answer is to get rid of welfare and to open the borders so people can come here freely. People should be in a free country. People should be able to cross borders freely. I don't want to hear anything about, well, what about our sovereignty? Well, sovereignty should be about your private property. You should be a sovereign individual on your private property that you own and you can protect in the ways that you want to. Can a nation be sovereign? Is there even such a thing as a nation? Nation is this sort of nebulous concept you know it's this it's concept of a group of people living in a certain uh, there's a you know a couple lines on a map that they live between that's what a nation supposedly is but that doesn't really mean anything does it in a collectivist sense that's what they're pushing as collectivists uh, a nation is something different from what we want when you say that what do you mean well, you're talking about we rather than I. You hear a lot of people who are socialists talk mm-hmm. about we all the time rather than I. Uh, yeah, but these people who are on the border, these uh, Minutemen, they're not going to consider themselves socialists. If you suggest for a moment that they're socialists, they'll be outraged. But they yet, yet they still use that terminology. They still use that collectivist uh, terminology. We want this. We want that. Well, no, I don't want that. I want freedom. And I want to give that same amount of freedom to everybody else. Because that's what freedom's all about. If you want liberty, the catch-22 is you have to also be willing to grant it to everyone, even the ones that don't look like you, even people that you wouldn't normally want to be around. If you want liberty, you've got to give it out to everybody else. Well, collectivism is, has become very pervasive in our society, much too, too much so. But I think that if you're going to open up the borders and do all the things you're describing, uh, it has to be done in stages. You can't just do it all at once overnight. Or it'll go Stage crazy. one, get rid of welfare. And that's obviously, there's some sub-stages to that, yeah, right? So otherwise I mean, you're going to have the equivalent of like a thousand football stadiums full of screaming babies who just lost their bottles. Yeah, yeah, that's a tricky one, getting rid of welfare. But it, it can be done. Well, they did it in the, the 90s to some extent. They made it more difficult to get welfare, mm-hmm. and they uh, made it so that supposedly you couldn't get welfare um, your whole life. So, yeah, it can be done, and, and it was done without too much... Um, you know, rigmarole. Well, the interesting part was that Bill Clinton was the one who got that passed. Yeah. If the Republican tried that, they'd be calling him a Nazi and everything else. Yeah, and the Republicans didn't bother trying it when they got into control. They didn't bother uh, rolling it back any further. No. They didn't want to give us any smaller government. Well, they didn't want to give any smaller government, and they had all their stuff that they wanted to implement. Um, you know, Plus, they have a big old war to fight. You know? Let's go to the phones to the fun. Adam in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Adam. Hi, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, I was uh, listening to you guys earlier, and you were saying um, uh, conservatives are biased towards Mexican immigrants. And I just wanted to make a point. I didn't say that. Who said that? Well, I I figured you guys were implying that. I said, uh, when you say biased towards Mexican immigrants, what do you mean? I just want to make sure I understand. Across the Mexican border, Mexican-American border. Is that not what you guys were discussing? We're we're talking about immigration, but I'm just trying to understand what you're saying. When you say conservatives are biased towards Mexican immigrants, what does that mean? 
Well, I mean, again, isn't that what you said, that they're biased against Mexican immigrants as opposed to other immigrants over the fear of the linguistics? I don't know if we use the term conservative at all. No, but, I don't um, think we did. But what do you, specifically about um, what do you have to say, and not uh, speaking for conservatives in, in general? Oh, no, 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 I'm not conservative. So okay. I just wanted to make sure that the, um, from their point of view, they're looking at it as most immigrants from other countries are coming through and passing through through regulations. What they're concerned of is massive amounts of people coming across the Mexican border and threatening economics. And if you open up a border, threatening economics. Stop just... right there. Hold on a second. How are they threatening economics? Well, I mean, I, uh, people coming into here, like you said, taking over our welfare and um, our welfare. Over some of the jobs it destroys a piece of our welfare, our economy. It goes down. Well, I don't know. Um, it's that's not looking at the full picture. Yes, when immigrants come here, they have to have jobs. Um, yes. No, you do not own your job. Your employer does. It's not your job. I swear. Exactly. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and uh, so, you know, who, the, the employer is going to give the job to whomever he feels is going to do the best job at the best rate. And he's going to, um, you know, just like you do when you buy things, you're going to look at price versus quality. He's going to look at price versus quality. Now, if an uh, American public can provide better quality than um, uh, immigrants that come into the country, then they will get better wages. If they cannot provide better quality, they will not get better wages. Um, they will, you know, the, the uh, immigrants will come in and work for less. And as far as destroying the economy is concerned, the welfare is what's hurting the economy. It's the, the government confiscating people's uh, wealth through taxes and then distributing it in the way that they feel is right. It's, it's inefficient. It's an inefficient well, I, redistribution. I agree with you that welfare is inefficient and does need to be taken care of. Well, that's what the problem is. Well, here in my small local economy, I've noticed that Mexican immigrants have grossly taken over the construction boom. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's, they took it over. Huh? Wait, wait, they took it over? What's that? How did they take it over? Did they come in with uh, guns? Well, they, and... they didn't take that over. Let me rephrase that. They've come over and taken many positions that are high-paying jobs for this area, which is 18 to $23 an hour. Mm -hmm. I've personally met a few of these immigrants that have come up here, and what they've done is they've crossed the border illegally. They've come up here and they've worked for $20 an hour because it's a $25 job. Right. So they're getting paid $20 an hour. It's really not a high technical job. Sure. So they take this money and they send it back to Mexico. All and the money? they're getting kicked out. Do they, One do of my they, friends was kicked do they out. Send, he was a Mexican immigrant. Do they spend, send all their money back to Mexico? Well, of course not. How could you survive with sending all your money out? Excellent question. Now, um, how much do you think they send back? 70, um, 25%? No, I'd say around seventy-five percent. You think they you think they live on twenty-five percent of what they make? On twenty-five percent. Can you make? live on twenty-five percent of what you make? Yeah, but he's not living uh, yeah, fifteen to a household. Twenty-five percent of what they make. Hang on, Adam. I'm going to bring you back. If you'll hang on, we're going to bring you back. Okay. One one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the packet a toll free line. You take control of the airwaves. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's a serious issue. A lot of people misunderstand, and we'll clarify coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are for free. That includes the listener map. Head over to map.freetalklive.com and surf around. 
the world and see who's listening to the show. Well, who's listened at some point. It's a permanent map. You just go to map.freetalklive.com and you can add yourself to it. It's free like everything else is at freetalklive.com. As we go back to the phones and to the fun, Adam in Montana listening on KGEZ. You are back on Free Talk Live. We're talking about immigration and a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings that people have about this issue. Now, Adam, you're concerned that in your area, apparently in Montana, Kalispell, which is where KGEZ is located, that there, there's been an influx of uh, Mexican immigrants, illegals, as you, as you claim, or uh, as you put it, that are taking, so-called, the construction jobs, which were $25 an hour jobs. They're apparently coming in and doing the jobs for $20 an hour. And you say this is a problem, right? Uh, yes, sir. Well, maybe not if they're legal Mexican immigrants. I have nothing against people crossing the borders legally. What's the difference? Well, because people coming over illegally are taking advantage of illegal processes to get into this community. Taking advantage? Yes. Have you uh, broken the law ever? Of course not. <laughs> okay. You liar. <laughs> well, considering there's more laws than there are days in um in your life, I imagine that you probably don't know what they all are. And yeah, um, yeah no, I'm sure I've broken a few myself. Sure. But the point I'm trying to get to is that that these are people that are coming up here into our local economy, and they're taking jobs. I'm not saying they're taking my job or our jobs. They're mm-hmm. just taking local money, and they're sending it. I'm not sending all of it. I'd say 50 to 75 percent, because around here you can live on. Ten dollars an hour. I make twelve dollars an hour. I live very comfortably. That's great. So they're taking money and they're sending it down across the border. Now, a couple of these kids that I knew, they they spoke some English. They weren't very fluent at all. They were sent back to Mexico and mm-hmm. they got a free trip back to Mexico. So what they did was they came up here, worked, sent enough money for their family to live very comfortably in Mexico, and then went back. So who That's are you angry I'm at? Well, who are you angry at here? Uh, b- before we get we b- before you answer the who are you angry at question, um, oh, no, no, do you no, no. do you realize <laughs> that um, that these people that live in that w- they take these jobs that they uh, eat food, drive cars, and live in uh, housing in your community, and they pay for all these things, thereby mm-hmm. increasing the economy in Kalispell? Well, see, he's not angry. Now wait, a, now wait a minute. You're not angry that they're sending money back to Mexico. You're angry that they're illegal, right? No, 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 no. I'm angry that they are taking away from our economy and distributing it into Mexico. So do you get angry when people buy things from other countries, too, even if they're just Americans? What if I, for instance, want to spend all, or, you know, good, let's say I want to spend 50% of my income uh, buying things from importers and other people that are, you know, essentially selling me products made in, say, China or uh, Thailand or something like that. Is that, you're going to be just as equally as angry at me for that? Of course not. You're getting good. Or if I if I put half my paycheck in the bank every paycheck, we get labor. We get half. We get that labor, and they only send half their money home. So the employer is buying labor for a better rate. Like it's kind of like Walmart. It's better rate, but in fact, half of the money stays in Kalispell. When we're talking about economics, Walmart's known for destroying local economies. How does um, how does Walmart destroy local economies? How does Walmart? Because it knocks out small businesses. Outrageous. What's that have to do with um, local economies, though? Because a small business is usually a local business. Walmart is not a local business. Well, Walmart um, is still an American by local business, people. right? And uh, local, well, yeah. local people work there. The manager lives there. The uh, All the employees live there. And they spend money on local businesses. Sure. 
and the people of the community buy that stuff and they enjoy it there locally. See, Adam, here's one of my problems that I have with the things that you're saying. And uh, basically what you're saying is we Americans don't like competition. We don't like competition for our jobs from mix, uh, Mexican immigrants, and uh, we don't like competition from big companies like Walmart. And, you know, I've got, I'm fine with local businesses, but for, you know what, if Walmart can do the job better, if they can offer the products at a lower rate, that's where I'm going to shop. I mean, unless the service yeah, I don't, is... I don't blame you at all. I, I see exactly what you're saying, but what I'm trying to get at is if we open our borders to where everybody's just flooding into our nation because it's got we got to share liberty with everybody it's your nation it will completely eradicate our economy you know, why would it completely completely eradicate our economy i mean you're just making these claims i don't see that it would in a socialistic system when a lot of people pour in that does upset the balance but that's the problem the socialism not the uh, the fact that people are coming in the responding problem, to incentives. Uh, the problem is government redistributing wealth, confiscating wealth from you and redistributing it to others. In a free market system, which is what we're proposing on Free Talk Live, where you're free to keep all the money you earn and spend, spend it, save it, and give it away in the ways that you think are best, when people come into a free market system, it strengthens the economy. So it really depends on what you're talking about here. If you love socialism, then yeah, clamp down on the borders and keep people out. And, of course, on the same page, keep people in as well, because you're going to need them to create all the wealth so you can confiscate it from them. But, yeah, if you, are you a socialist, Adam? Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't tell you what partisan I am. I am not really partisan loyal. How old are, are you? Are you, uh, are you fond of um, NAFTA and CAFTA and these, organiza- these uh, I don't even agreements? know what that's out. Do you know what it's about? Do you know what those are? NASA? NAFTA? NAFTA? <laughs> not NASA. No, sir. Okay, NAFTA is the North American Free Trade Agreement, and it's not free trade. Yeah, it has nothing um, to do with freedom. And it uh, sent a lot of uh, jobs over the border and, and that kind of thing. And when you give the government um, license to control um, immigration and uh, the, the flow of goods and services across the border, what happens is is they do whatever the heck they want with it. And what you wish would happen mm-hmm. doesn't because you don't control the government. You just wish – you say, government, you should take care of this. There's a problem here. And then they – Take care of it on the surface, and they screw it all up underneath because. Oh yeah, I won't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, now, so if you won't argue that government screws things up, then how could you possibly want government to be in charge of immigration? I mean, you want these officious bureaucrats, these know-it-all bureaucrats, to control somehow the amount of people that comes into this country? They are so inefficient and so bad at absolutely everything they do, and they put so many barriers in front of these people. There's a reason why people choose to swim the Rio Grande as opposed to climb the mountain of paperwork, as it's called. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to pay a coyote to come in here to this country as opposed to paying thousands of dollars to the U.S. government. For what benefit? Why would you want to pay thousands of dollars to the government? They're just going to take it and keep it for themselves. Now, I applaud anybody that dodges the law to come here into this country. That takes a lot of cojones, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, they're heroes in my book. Okay. Adam, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know what? If, you wanna, if, you, if you're getting 20 bucks an hour, you can send that money wherever the heck you want to send it. It's supposed to be a free country. If I want to take my paycheck and send it to a bunch of poor, starving children in Africa, I should be free to do that. And I don't want to, you know, I shouldn't be hearing something from, well, you should keep that money here in America. You're hurting our economy. Well, and, I'll and, do what I want. It's my money. Thanks. And um, it's it, the, the reason that it's disingenuous is because if a Mexican comes here, um, works for $20 an hour, and then let's say that he's right, sends $10 of that $20 an hour back home so that his family can live well, mm-hmm. 
isn't that the equivalent of going to Walmart and spending a good deal of your paycheck on uh, stuff that was made in Taiwan and um, China and that kind of thing? Well, he it's, says it's not because you get goods in, the, in return. But you get services in return for the Mexicans working. The employer is buying the services of the Mexicans that are working. That What difference does it make? And it's two, essentially sending money across overseas. And two or three years ago, all the builders were screaming they didn't have enough labor. People are still screaming they don't have enough labor. I mean, um, employers, go look in the want ads. There's not enough people to do the job. The, the, there's been a very slow growth in the economy over the last four years. I would say that that's largely, I mean, you could you could attribute that growth in the economy to illegal aliens. Interesting suggestion. And government jobs now. We have a few new agencies. That doesn't grow the economy, though. But there's a lot of them, yes. Right. The government is a parasite. It it, it sucks wealth out of the economy. It doesn't create wealth. It doesn't create products or services or do anything worthwhile. But a six-figure salary and full pension benefits is pretty hard to pass up. Oh, no doubt about it. I'm not saying people don't want the jobs, but it's just that they're not doing anything for anybody else except for themselves. In some cases, they are doing things for people. They're just not doing it as efficiently as the free market would do it. Mm, Yeah, maybe the people that build the roads, that sort of thing. Uh, cops, firefighters, all these people provide things that uh, that society needs. one 800 rates. To a point. 9231, that's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. Your thoughts on immigration. There's more details on the way about the citizenship test. They're going to be changing it. They're changing the rules on these people. Again, we'll give you the details. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. A great way to support the show is to vote for us. And we're pushing for votes all the way to the end of the month because uh, we need them. We are currently, what, number four, Mark, I believe? Number four. We're about uh, 75 votes behind number one. That means it is contentious for the top four slots. Yeah, but that means we're slipping because last night it was something like 60 votes that we needed. So uh, the uh, top ones have uh, certainly made a Those darn Harry Potter shows again. Good little gay kid, (laughs) Harry Potter. He's not gay. He kissed a girl in the last movie. Yeah, well. Kissing a girl doesn't, doesn't mean that straight. She's his fag hag. one 800 So uh, the website, a great way to help support us is to go to vote.freetalklive.com. It'll take you less than a minute. It's only once a month. So if you've already done it in November, you can't do it again until December. But if you've yet to do it, head over to vote.freetalklive.com. It's a great way to show, show some support for Free Talk Live. Help us stay up in the top ten podcasts of the world because that's a big deal. It, it means more new people coming across the show and learning about freedom and liberty here on Free Talk Live. Now, um, we're going to get into more immigration stuff here, but I want to go to the phones because Francisco is on the line. He's been waiting patiently uh, from New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Hello, Francisco. What's up, guys? Hey there. Oh, well, uh, I'm pretty sure you guys remember me calling about this rebel thing at my school. Yes, this is the anti-smoking campus group of students. Well, uh, well, we had a little debate about property rights the other day, and today the debate continued. Hmm. And... um, just talking to the, to the girl, and I asked her, well, if you say that there should be no property rights, um, that's what she said, that there should be no property rights. There should be no property rights yeah, is what her right. response to this was? Um, yeah. And my Interesting. Whole, I, I said, well, okay, if I have a private business and I didn't want you in there, what would you do? She goes, well, I'll call the cops. Mm-hmm. Why would she call the cops? And I explained to her that she has no right to force me to let her into my business. And she said it's her right to be anywhere she wants. Crazy. Well, she just doesn't really understand um, 
Uh, property rights. Yeah, property yeah. rights and the way things work, um, because any business can kick her out. That's why they oh, have yeah. bouncers at the door of a bar. Oh, yeah. Well, Francisco, uh, who do you think owns you? Me? Yes, that's right. Most people don't realize that. Well, that's a fundamental property right. They haven't really thought about it, and uh, if you own you, you own the, the fruits of your labor, and therefore when the government taxes you on income and that kind of thing, they're stealing pieces of you. Now, to be fair, uh, I mean, Francisco is dealing with high school kids sure. who, you know, the, Francisco understands the tenets of liberty, but they don't. Right. I mean, they've been brainwashed by the system. They've never even thought about property and what it means to have property. They certainly would know. For you, would, It'd be easy to show them, for instance, you could uh, go out in the parking lot and say, oh, you don't believe in property? Well, give me your keys. Well, yeah, you should, have, you should have taken her pen when she said that. Here, <laughs> give me that. Right, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, it's mine. So did this? Did the conversation continue? Uh, well, um, once again, she started screaming. That's, that's what, <laughs> well, that's I, no, I, I really, I, I try to explain to her that she has no right to force me to let her into my business. Mm. And, and she said that she can go anywhere she wants. My, my argument was so I can walk into your house, right? That, that would seem like the uh, next logical step. I mean, if she can come into my business and I don't want her there, why shouldn't I be able to walk into her house? Well, presumably a business is, is a public uh, entity, whereas your home is private, but still... It's a, no, I own the business. Right. I yes. decide that's, who goes in there. That's an incorrect presumption. It's what most people presume. They presume they have a right to walk through the doors at Burger King, and uh, it's not and true. And Burger King certainly wants them they, to right, walk through the door. But it won't. they will rescind your right should you come in and pull down your pants and pee all over the counter. You're not going to ever be allowed to come into that Burger King again. Darn. And, oh, sure. you know, that's something that's... Uh, that they have. Let they, me tell you. <laughs> that's their purview that they have as the property owner. They get to set the rules. So yes, I can set the rule that says yes. This is now a public building. Anybody from the public can come in. And then three weeks later, I can set another rule that says, you know what? Mm, only women can come into this building now. I remember being a bartender. I can't tell you how many people I banned from the bar who were misbehaving. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So let us know if uh, anything else develops, Francisco. Any other any other thoughts for us? Uh, not really, guys. Thanks for the. Yeah, the argument always there. ends when the, the argument always ends when the other person starts to scream. Thanks that's, for the call. Yeah. That's when you know that logic has beaten them. Hey, hang in there, buddy. Speaking of logic, uh, let's jump back to the immigration issue because what uh, this is such an important issue, and what you hear from a lot of people, and what we had heard from Adam earlier in the hour was this sort of worship that people have for the law. You know, he said that basically, oh, he doesn't have a problem with immigrants coming here and competing for jobs as long as they do it legally. And I said, well, I think that people that dodge the law are heroes. And I mean, and I didn't, I didn't just mean immigrants. I mean just people that, that uh, flaunt the law in general. Well, there are a lot of laws, and some are good, some are bad. Right. I'm not, talking about I'm not talking about people that hurt others. I'm talking about people that just simply flaunt laws that are designed to control their behavior. If you're harming somebody, if you're murdering somebody, then th that's just wrong, regardless of what the law says. I, I think the best exa example um, when it comes to the uh, immigration and the, all the laws that we have on immigrants coming into the country is the Jews prior to World War II and you know, prior and during World War II um, in Germany. Is It was against the law to harbor these Jews. Was mm -hmm. it bad to do it? Well, no, that's a bad government's laws. Well, I say that this government has some bad laws, and I say that the immigration laws that we have are bad. So Absolutely. I think flaunting them in, in the same way that uh, you know, harboring the Jews during World War II was against the law is not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's a great, I think it's a great example. And it's hiding your logic 
behind the law. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the fact that people are holding up the law as this wonderful thing, this vaunted this law. These immigrants are legal over here, but those other ones, oh, they are illegal. You know, it sort of puts the law up on this pedestal, which is where they want it to be. It's where the government wants the law to be. It wants it to always be respected, always be obeyed, no matter what the law says. And we had somebody calling in earlier this week. It was Bill, I think, in Virginia, who was talking to a state trooper. And the state trooper just was shocked at the idea that uh, that Bill would even consider disobeying a law or two. You know, and this is a guy whose life is worship of the law. The worst part about it is that they they're not following the laws, but they expect us to. You mean the the troopers? Well, like in when ge- they speed. Well, in general, the, the the people who are enforcing and making the laws expect us to obey all their stupid laws, but they don't. In many laws, the last paragraph says does not apply to members of Congress. Right. They're exempted. That's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> true. Sovereign immunity. Let's talk to Gary in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Wayne and Mark. Uh, how are you doing? I'm a first time listener, first time caller. Congratulations, Gary. What's on your mind? Uh, I take great exception with the uh, thrust of your arguments about things. Precisely which one? Uh, Illegal immigration, uh, replacing American workers with illegal immigrations, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, uh, you're not talking about the outsourcing of American jobs to foreign countries, and number three, let's say I I went to Walmart today. I'm mm-hmm. on Social Security, so I don't have a lot of money. Okay. And so I bought a lot of stuff that was made in China. Right. It don't last. It's a piece of junk. Well, that's not necessarily taking... true. That's not necessarily true at all. No, There's plenty I'm of good products made in China. Listen to me. I'm an electrical engineer, and I know electrical stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. I work for Lowe's. I manage an electrical department at Lowe's. Gotcha. Okay, those people don't know how to build. Well, let's go back to switch. number. Let's go back to number two, item number two, which is the outsourcing of jobs. You're concerned we're not talking about that. Well, we've certainly talked about it in the past. I know it's your first time it's listening. It's all part of the big picture. Uh, well, the big picture is the reason why jobs are being outsourced is because the government has created so many laws that essentially say you have to do this and this and this and this and this if you want to hire somebody here in this country and your factories have to get up to this level of specifications, OSHA, OSHA is going to be over your shoulder. You've got to have there's, ramps that are a certain uh, degrees off the ground right, to be able to get the uh, handicapped workers. You can't discriminate against people in, of a certain uh, ethnic or uh, sexual orientation. There's so many rules and regulations put on American business owners, it's no wonder they want to leave the country. I- I, I understand that. I do not disagree with that All right. because I'm an environmentalist, okay? Well, good. So I'm glad but we're in agreement. The bottom line is uh, Bell South Telephone Company, for instance, I use their Internet per, uh, service provider or whatever you want to call uh-huh. it, ISP. And uh, every time I have a technical problem, uh, I call and I, I get somebody either from India or the Philippines. Yeah. Now, yeah. Those people are taking American jobs. We've got plenty of people qualified. No, sir. No, no, no. Americans. No, no. American owners of businesses 
are taking their jobs elsewhere. It's not those people that are taking American jobs. It's Americans who are bringing their jobs over to other countries. And don't forget, there's a lot of big corporations okay. that are now multinational right. corporations that were once American corporations but went multinational to get around all the, the laws. And on top of that, you're always free to take your business somewhere else. If you don't like the Hispanic guy answering the phone, you can say adios and then call up some other company and say, I'll bring my business to you. Use the market to solve the problem. In the the United States, that you don't get the option of English or Spanish. I'm an American. They need to learn to speak our language. They are, as we we pointed out earlier tonight. Thank you for the call. Hour 3 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. As we kick off Hour 3, the Wednesday edition, Thanksgiving Eve edition. That's right, we're here live. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, we give them away at freetalklive.com. We're going to go to the phones to kick things off here because it is the show about your calls. So let's talk to Nick in Arizona. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Wayne, and Mark. Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, Nick, what's on your mind? Uh, well, this immigration issue, you know, it's a pretty close uh, hot t- topic down here in Arizona. I and bet it is. Yeah, I'm, I myself am not a native Arizona. I come from the Great Plains of South Dakota, and I I actually appreciate the culture, you know, of the, like the Mexican-Americans that they bring to the area. And that's something that I don't think you'll hear a lot of people, especially white people, say around here, but I think... Everybody just needs to have an open mind and, you know, not discriminate. And as far as people wanting jobs, you know, you see these guys lining up at Home Depot all over town at 5 in the morning just so they can go get a day's work. And I think that's, you know, pretty noble. That sounds American to me. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I wish you I wish you were disagreeing with us. It's hard to it's hard to take calls from people that agree on this issue. I yeah. think it's great. If it, you know, I, I just mean, wanted to back you guys up. You know, that last caller kind of sounded like he just was sort of racist, and it, people just don't understand that it's just a different culture. It's not anything to be threatened by. It's, right, and we we didn't have a lot of time with him because we were running out of time, and he's kind of drunk, so it wasn't worth holding him over or anything <laughs> like that. He but may it was, not have been drunk. It was his first time. Well, he was a little out of it then. Uh, it was his first time listening, his first time calling in, so that could have meant that could have meant that he had tuned in for five minutes, heard something we said, because he at the end of his call he made the claim that well these immigrants uh, they're they're not going to learn English. When earlier in the hour we read a study that essentially says yeah they are learning English. Just give them a generation or two, and they will absolutely assimilate. That's what they're doing. Well, in his defense, One generation is all it takes. But I've I've seen proof of that down here. I mean, there's plenty of people i know that they speak english and their parents don't it's just the way it, it is for a lot of them mm-hmm. mark you were saying in his defense i was going to say that uh he probably agrees with 80 percent of americans that means 80 percent of americans in my opinion are wrong sure but he's got he's got a lot of agreement on his side well the, okay I, I know i it's, see it all the time down here there, there's like white neighborhoods you know i mean it's it's kind of strange you just go from different parts of town and there's you know, people living in their own different sections of town. It's definitely uh, do you feel a lot, a lot of agreement on that side. Is there a lot? Can you feel like a lot of uh, of tension down there? I mean, how? Where are you in Arizona? Are you down towards the southern end or? Uh, in Phoenix. 
So that's kind of where is that centrally located? I don't really know where Phoenix is. But yeah, it's it's a couple hours from the border, but there's definitely. I mean, there's more, uh, you know, not more immigrants, but there's more Mexican Americans here than there are others, you know, other races. So it's definitely a heavily populated Mexican area. You know, there's no doubt about that. But I wouldn't say it's a lot of racial tension. It's just, um, you know, you see people discriminate against the people that that are, are, are accepting of immigrants and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, say I have a couple guys over to do my lawn and stuff like that. If I live in a entirely, you know, nice suburb, I might get some looks from my neighbors and stuff mm. like that. Like, Why isn't he hiring any white people? Right. Yeah. <laughs> hire the kids to do it, you know. It's like... I want to hire... I'm going to hire who does the best job for the best price. And who's available at the time I want it done. I don't care right. if they're black or white or Asian or Hispanic or whatever, or a kid right. or an old person, you do the job, you get paid. And, and I know that that other caller brought up some something about the workers in India, you know, who are getting a lot of the telemarketing jobs mm-hmm. these days. And I, I actually think it's fun to talk to those guys. And if they speak really good English, I always compliment them. Because could you imagine learning another language just to get a job? No, oh, pa- apparently, well, yes, they do, but Americans cannot imagine that. Americans no. cannot imagine it. If you give, if you suggest to an American that he might have to learn how to say uh, the, uh, you know, count from one to ten in Spanish, he'll get all upset and oh my gosh, they're going to take our jobs and I can't handle this second language stuff. This is America. Yeah. They're supposed to speak English. Yeah. It's oh, just sad. Oh, but you know, I love calling tech support, and, and a guy in India uh, picks up and says, uh, tech support, this is dusty. <laughs> <laughs> I find that they're very friendly. Sometimes it's a little hard to understand, but I have, I have trouble understanding Americans who speak English sometimes There's on the phone. There's lots of colloquial um, English out there, and it's getting more and more pronounced as time goes by. Uh, Nick, thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 1-800-259-9231. Wayne, you've got some news about immigration. Apparently they're changing the rules because everybody says, well, why don't you just go through the legal process as though it's no big deal, as though becoming a, a legal American immigrant is just, oh, just fill out a form and you'll be a legal immigrant. All you have to do to get an idea what that's like is go down to City Hall and try to deal with those people on some issue. But it's worse. It's much worse. Because as you've pointed out in the past, City Hall is at least going to be somewhat, just a little bit responsive to you because you're a voter. You're somebody who is a constituent. Immigrants don't have representatives. Immigrants aren't constituents, so you can just abuse them as much as you want to if you're a bureaucrat. In most cases, they don't even speak the same language. So now what are they doing, Wayne? Yes, uh, that brings us to a story about activists being up in arms over a new citizenship test. Uh, Up until now, the typical questions on a U.S. citizenship test include uh, how many states there are in the United States, uh, where's the White House located, what are the 49th and 50th states of the Union. The U.S. government scrapping this test now, uh, which requires nothing more than rote memorization of facts in favor of a new 10-question oral exam conducted in English that tests an immigrant's grasp of the principles of American democracy, including the freedoms guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights. Uh, the change is meant to counteract a 20- to 30-year retreat from emphasizing Americanization in favor of multiculturalism a reaction in part to the worsening cultural and societal problems caused by large populations of unassimilated immigrants in Europe. So, as I understand it, they're making the process even more difficult. Yes, they're, they're, gonna... they're giving them a, rather than a multiple choice type exam, 
uh, where there's certain uh, things they can memorize to pass it. They're giving them an oral exam where they basically have to, it's more of an essay type Right, they have exam. to know it off the top of their head. Yes. And speak English. Well. And, and while those things aren't bad to know, because a lot of these people come from countries where they don't have any concept of American liberty, uh, just the fact that they have to go th- jump through all these hoops is not necessarily a, a fun thing. And, no. you know, it seems to me that um, a great deal of Americans don't understand the Constitution yeah. and concepts of liberty. Um, should we have this uh, if you're going to give it to these people as citizenship, you give it to everybody. Kick well, them out if they don't get it right. Right. I mean, <laughs> that could be some hope, though, if a bunch of people pour in and actually know the principles of American liberty. It could be, but also, Wayne, you're missing a point, and that is that the government bureaucrats will be the ones administering the quiz about American liberty. I mean, it's already gotten it wrong in the article about it. This isn't a democracy. It's a representative republic. And so it's like this it, This is sort of reminds me of this mandatory day they have now in government schools. It's a constitution day. I believe it's September 17th. Anyway, if you are in a government school, there will be some sort of constitution related curriculum that day mm-hmm. but i don't know about you wayne and there's a reason you've got your kids in in homeschool oh it, absolutely it's I, didn't because, want, I didn't want them to learn the communist manifesto right you don't want government bureaucrats who tend to be socialists uh educating your kids about american liberty so can you imagine what they're going to be telling these people can you oh well, uh, what are the rights here in america uh, well according to the study uh, materials you gave me the rights are a right to health care and a right to you know i mean who knows what the the answers are going to be who knows what the questions are going to be <laughs> you make a good point yeah, don't let the bureaucrats tell anything, uh, anybody anything about liberty, because they don't know. When they talk about the Constitution um, in government schools, generally what they spend a lot of time is, on is the bicameral House uh, you yeah. know, the legislator that we have. and uh, The know, government, the, the how duties, the government runs. The duties of the president. Of course, the president doesn't do what his duty is to enforce the law <laughs> being in, in charge of the executive right. branch. Now with the uh, signing statements and those kind of things, he makes laws. Um you know, and and what the uh, Supreme Court is, you know, there's no real discussion on concepts of liberty. And nope. they say liberty, they say um, they say freedom, but that's the reason that they fought. In, they uh, might the talk about right. They might talk about the reason why the Revolutionary War was fought, but after that, it's all about the government they formed, and we've defeated the uh, the British government, and we made our own government. Right, and uh, American people, it seems to me, recognize free concepts like freedom and liberty as. We vote for our representatives. Mm. I mean, that's what they talk about, spreading democracy well, around the world. that's more freedom than having a king now, isn't it? I don't know. It, yeah, depends, we don't know, it really, really depends actually. on how the king treats you. Studies have shown that actually the king, uh, living under a king, might actually have been more freedom in some cases. More economic freedom. More on the way. You take control of the airwaves. It's your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Toll free, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. That is the Packet8.net toll free lines for all of your voice over IP needs. Packet8.net. And don't forget to get interactive with us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, right there on the front page of the website, you'll find an entire year's worth of Free Talk Live for your downloaded convenience for free at freetalklive.com, and I need to remind you, register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum and come and hear a speech by John Stossel entitled Enemies of Liberty. The three-day event is starting on February 23rd. Now, early bird discount ends tomorrow. I'm guessing that means if you register tomorrow, you'll be all right, but I wouldn't I wouldn't chance that. Get in there as soon as you possibly can at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. 
It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Mark, you and I are going to be broadcasting live. Yep. And I've already gotten a few emails from people that are saying they're going to be there looking forward to, to meeting us. Of course, we're looking forward to meeting anybody who shows up. And uh, Wayne, are you going to be in attendance for this? I'm registered. Excellent. I'm going to go do that right now. Are you? You're going to re- wait. You're already registered. You mean you're going to buy the tickets for the dinners? The tickets for the uh, Badnarik dinner and the uh, Stossel dinner. Right, because those are separate. So you can you don't have to buy the whole event if you're not going to you don't want to go and see for some reason if you don't want to go and see John Stossel speak then you don't have to pay that you know whatever the the amount is for that dinner. So if you're on a budget you can you can still sort of attend this event on a budget and it's going to be a great way for people to explore New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and of course meet a bunch of the activists that are that are here on the ground making a difference and I think that's going to be the most fun part. Really. They have one day passes too. Really? Yes, they have one day passes cool. and three day pass. Right. So people with limited time can even attend this then. That's excellent. All right, let's move on. We're talking about uh, freedoms, all sorts of freedoms as usual, and now it looks like the FCC is finally under a bit of an attack uh, in the courts. The CBS is uh, suing. In fact, I believe uh, a couple other networks are involved as well, though I've heard ABC has dropped out that they aren't uh, going through with this. But CBS is. They told a federal uh, court on Monday that the government's new zero-tolerance policy for indecent broadcasts is threatening to choke off free speech. In its opening brief with the Third U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Philadelphia, CBS contends that the commission's policy, quote, is flatly inconsistent with the bedrock principle that First Amendment freedoms require breathing space to survive. The case is one of two battles this month that will go a long way to deciding whether the government can slap broadcasters with a big fine and threaten their licenses to operate because of a slip of the tongue. The other case is the New York Circuit and involves uh, Nicole Richie's use of the S-word during the 2003 Billboard Music Awards, which aired on Fox. Now, in September of 2004, the FCC... Do you know who Nicole Richie is? Lionel Richie's daughter. Okay. All right. It just, it, you know, it, he surprises me sometimes because he doesn't get out. He doesn't, I, doesn't I, know I, much about entertainment. I know a little bit about pop culture. But every once in a while, he'll slide it, he'll surprise you. The FCC say, and Lionel Richie was in the Commodores. Yeah. Okay, oh, okay. yeah, he's pretty up on that I for his age. Lionel Richie is very talented. The FCC said that CBS and Viacom, the parent company at the time, knew or should have known that Janet Jackson's breast would be exposed during a halftime show at the 2004 Super, Super oh, Bowl. Every, ever since I saw her boob on TV, I've never been the same. <laughs> right, I've been warped. Were you, were you one of those guys with the TiVo going back and forth, frame by frame? I wore it Watching out. it over and over again? I had again. to buy a new remote after that. <laughs> You're jo- you're joking, but there really were people. I-, I guess TiVo has a way that they can sort of monitor who's doing what with their sets, and they can and they found out that there's just this massive amount of people out there that were that continued to rewind and play back uh, that particular those few frames. I would have crashed the hard drive on my TiVo. People were obsessed with that. I'm not sure why. I mean, haven't Americans seen breasts before? No, they're not allowed. Apparently, yeah, apparently not. Uh, well, now, really, do you think CBS? should have known that Janet Jackson's breast was to be exposed in that event? How would CBS have known that? They They're couldn't. covering a live event. Anything can happen. It's the Super Bowl. Right. They just wanted to have uh, Justin Timberlake. Is that the other guy? Yeah, Timberlake. Yeah. Timberlake and uh, Jackson doing their halftime show. Right. I mean, big, fat, hairy deal. How did they know that these two, um, what are they, performers were going to uh, intend to get themselves a great deal of news coverage mm-hmm. by uh, exposing... 
a, a boob. Right. You've hired somebody to be there to, to, to do a musical performance at a specific time. They're supposed to show up then, perform for 10 minutes, and be off the stage so the next performer can come up. That's all you know as a director or producer right. or whatever, whoever's putting together the show. And, in fact, the Super Bowl was the organization putting together the halftime entertainment, as I understand it. The NFL's the organization that puts that together, and uh, CBS just covers it, right? I, I don't know who either puts way, it together. But. Either way, if, uh, if uh, Timberlake and uh, Jackson had had a little pact, you know, they talked about it beforehand, that, okay, I'm going to rip your shirt off after yeah, uh, this This really line. was a, a, a conspiracy between two people. Right. So to how, show a bouncy, bejeweled boob. How is CBS supposed to know that's going on? Stop it. <laughs> Alliterative, huh? How are they supposed to know? They, I mean, there's no way they could it's, know. It's, it's ludicrous. Now, of course, the question is, what's the judge going to say about this? Uh, anyway, going on here, CBS, MTV, which produced the show, Jackson and fellow performer Justin Timberlake have all said the moment was unplanned, though Jackson and her choreographer added a wardrobe reveal just before the show aired, according to a commission in court documents. The FCC proposed fining all 20 of CBS's owned and operated stations the maximum $27,500 for the indecent broadcasts. Quote, the orders at issue in this case cannot be reconciled with either the prior three decades of FCC precedent or, more importantly, the decisions of federal courts articulating the First Amendment limitations. Translation is that CBS is saying, well, for three decades, unexpected things had happened on television and you didn't do anything about it. There's precedent here that says that this wouldn't be a big deal normally. It'd be a fleeting moment of breast, maybe generate a couple angry phone calls from a few Puritans, and, it, and then that's it. It's over with. But for some reason, something changed. And so CBS is arguing you're being inconsistent, and, of course, the whole First Amendment thing. Of course, the FCC's existence is a violation of the, you know, the First Amendment. The, the fact that they can control radio, period. They're there to protect our airwaves. They're all of our, our airwaves. Our where airwaves. Our nation. You're too good at that, Ian. We, 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 our, our, our. Well, anyway, at issue is the, uh, let's see, the FCC's power over indecent speech is at issue here, quote, uh, or actually, it also, the U2 frontman Bono, his utterance of the F word during the 2003 Golden Globes broadcast, in the Bono decision, the commission changed its definition of fleeting use, deciding that a certain word can be so vile that it runs afoul of the nation's indecency laws. Because I remember that the previously their um, definition was they could. It's okay if they use the f bomb um, just into like as an adjective to describe speech, but if they use it to actually describe the act um, for which it's right, normally the sexual used, act, yes. the sexual act, then it's a problem. Right. That would uh, that would have to do with the FCC's definition of uh, of offensive or actually, excuse me, not offensive, but objectionable broadcast, indecent. And uh, what's the other word? Uh, Offense. It's not offensive. Uh, Indecent. There's two categories. And I'm salacious. Oh, I'm sorry. Vulgar. I'm blanking out on it. There's There's indecent. And then there's O. It starts with an O and I'm blanking out on it. I I don't don't know. know. Obnoxious. Obscure. Can't be. Obscure? No, it's not obscure. Anyway, let's go on. Uh, the commission contends that the fines, which totaled $550,000, were necessary because of the attention the show generated and that the threat and the threat that an unrestrained Hollywood poses to American sensibilities. FCC spokes bureaucrat says, CBS continues to ignore the voices of millions of Americans. Do you see how Americans are trapped? They're, they're strapped into their easy chairs with their eyes glued open. 
because they must watch this television that's being put in front of them. Obscenity was the word I was looking for before. 800-259-9231. Obscenity and indecency. We'll continue to discuss the details. Coming up, it's Free Talk Live. You take control. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, the Packet 8 toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are for free, and that does include the bulletin board system now up and running. Um, because we had a little server trouble er- earlier this week, but it's back up. BBS.freetalklive.com gets you to it. There's over 140,000 posts awaiting you there. Lots to talk about. Serious issues, fun stuff, all there for free at, at uh, BBS.freetalklive.com. Talking about obscenity and indecency. And apparently there's a couple court cases going on right now involving CBS and a couple of the other networks who are, thankfully, and I had hoped that this would happen, uh, thankfully, standing up for the First Amendment, or at least part of the First Amendment. And at least the, at least they're standing up, as uh, one CBS executive says, quote, All we're asking is the court to reinstate the old enforcement regime. We like the old abusive regime. Bring, the, <laughs> bring back the old guys. No, they don't like the new rules. The rules are okay, according to CBS, just not this new set of rules. And unfortunately, um, I don't know how successful they're going to be here. Well, the old rules allowed them to constantly push the envelope, Mm -hmm. um, and there was finally a backlash. Essentially, I mean, if you compare Married with Children to um, some comedy in the 80s, Roseanne, I guess, was in the 90s. Yeah, those are both 90s. I think they both started in the late 80s, didn't they? I don't know. Um, I'm just trying to compare Married with Children to um, something older that I cared about and I don't. The Jeffersons. The Dick Van Dyke Um, Show. Well, that would be way back. There you go. You can see that there's significant um, pushing of the envelope that's gone on, and yes. I think that at some point or another there was a, a backlash. I don't think that uh, the FCC has any business regulating uh, what a, a television network puts across its air. But then what if ABC News put porn on at night? Well, then they would people would turn it off because or, they don't want to Or they'd get more it. listeners. They wouldn't or, be going viewers, to the computers. Yeah, the commission contends the fines, which total that 500... That costs money. $550,000 were necessary because the attention the show generated, speaking of the uh, Janet Jackson incident, and the threat that uh, the threat that an unrestrained Hollywood poses to Americans' sensibilities. Talking about also the Bono incident where he uttered the F-word in an award ceremony. Get the, uh, the, here's the quote from the FCC spokes bureaucrat. CBS continues to ignore the voices of millions of Americans. Congress and the Commission by arguing that Janet Jackson's halftime performance was not indecent. Well, wait a minute, FCC spokes bureaucrat. What about the millions of Americans that don't believe for a moment that seeing a breast has anything to do with indecency? What about those millions of Americans? Are they not a factor at all in any of your decisions? Apparently not. Apparently, the millions, and I'm telling you, there are millions of them. Just look at the extreme amount of money involved in the pornography industry. Billions of dollars. Billion, multiple, multiple billions of dollars spent on porn 
in America. Oh, now, if that doesn't that, tell you there's millions of Americans interested in seeing a naked breast, then that's just... I, I would don't say know, there were millions of Americans that are talking outside both sides of their mouths on this one, that are saying, this is indecent, and I look at porn on the internet. I mean, if you, Right, well, they would never admit it. They, they would never admit it. But their, you know, their actions speak for them. Sure. Well, let's go look at their hard drives. Mm, CBS believes there should be no limits on what, sh- uh, what can be shown on, uh, shown on television, even during family events like the Super Bowl. We continue to believe that they are wrong. Listen, spokes bureaucrat, the market's still in effect. Even though the uh, television and radio industries, the broadcast TV and radio industries, are very, very heavily regulated and controlled by the FCC, and, you know, if you want to start your own radio station, you pretty much can't because the FCC can just say, sorry, we're not accepting applications for new stations right now. I mean, they're completely in control of these industries. Even though that's the case, the market's still there. The market still operates as much as it possibly can. And therefore, if indeed millions of Americans are offended by what they've seen on television, then a, a percentage of those millions will pick up their phones, call their local CBS stations and say, hey, that broadcast last night offended me, and I would appreciate it if you never showed a breast again in my entire life of watching your show or watching your station. And then the station general manager will say, I'm so sorry, sir. We're going to ins- we're go- we've had uh, 20 calls from people like you this week, and uh, we're going to be installing delay software in- into our studios in order to make sure that this never happens again. We'll have somebody watching the network feeds as they come through, ready to hit that dump button to protect your children from seeing a naked mammary. You know, <laughs> so that's, funny. that's that's what would happen. It if absolutely indeed, is what would happen. Right. If indeed uh, the, the market was allowed to operate. Yeah, we were talking off air just now about how some of those great old shows from the 50s and 60s didn't mm-hmm. have any of that stuff in there. There's still a market for those shows. I, sure. I love the Beverly Hillbillies. Um, Munsters. Gilligan's Island. Those are good shows. They have huge staying power. But for some reason, the FCC believes it must do the job of the market for the market and therefore impose its way upon the broadcasters. And its way must be the right way because there are some people in America that don't want to see a breast. The ones that want to see breasts, they don't count. Apparently, the opinions of Americans that are Puritans are more valuable to the FCC than anybody else. I guess that's because it gives them the excuse to levy fines against these, uh, these organizations. And they howl the loudest. Right, because nothing actually uh, gets done. I mean, you punish the companies, but the money that's coming out of them isn't going to benefit charity. You know, we should be able to sue the FCC, because let's talk... Um, you can't. The, the idea, well, they're trying. The idea is is that, um, you know, you, you can't show things that are of purient interests. Mm. Well, what are they doing? They're fixating on a boob for the last... What three years now? No, sure. that's just that was just an excuse to to institute new rules. It, it, it's true, it, and but they're fixating on it, and that's and that's the thing is, is it's just it, it's wasting our time. Um, this wouldn't have been an issue if it wasn't for the FCC. No one would remember that she did it. What did they do in the halftime show prior to that? I don't the remember. year before that. No, you don't remember because it wasn't a big deal. The, uh, the the broadcasters argue that the commission has commended broadcasters for their actions to voluntarily curb indecent speech. Quote, our assessment of contemporary community standards for the broadcast medium is strongly bolstered by broadcasters' own practices, wrote the FCC in its 2003 order in the Billboard Awards case. Now, as defined by the FCC, material is indecent 
if it, quote, in context depicts or describes sexual or excretory uh, activities or organs in a patently offensive manner as measured by the contemporary community standards for the broadcast media. Which is just a bunch of gobbledygook uh, political speech. Because it it doesn't mean anything. I mean, what's the community? Which community are we talking about? The community that's being broadcast from? These are my favorite questions to ask. (laughs) I mean, the the American community at large? Which community? Who defines the community? Is it just it, is it just the little old lady um, Puritans that we're talking about here? Are they the community? Mm, apparently so. Apparently those who scream the loudest are the community, Mark. Right. So while obscene speech is not protected by the First Amendment, according to uh, the courts at least, indecent speech is as the federal courts and the FCC have ruled that such speech can be aired between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. And that really does bring up another issue. When you're talking about freedom of speech... You know, the First Amendment was put in place, or that portion of the First Amendment, there's five points of the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. That portion of the First Amendment was put in place to protect unpopular speech. You don't need to protect popular speech. People want to hear popular speech. It's the unpopular stuff that needs to be protected. And this is um, somewhere between freedom of speech and freedom of the press, and they should be allowed, as the press or um, somebody speaking, to do or say what they want. And... The American people will decide whether or not they want to watch it, and if they don't want to watch it, then the advertisers will leave, right? and they'll go broke. Let's break down uh, the Janet Jackson breast incident, which, as I understood it, was like a fraction of a second. Oh, yeah, it was... From a distance. Microns. I mean, this wasn't a close-up. They didn't know it was going to happen. No. They didn't have a tight shot of her uh, of her uh, breastal Blouse. area <laughs> and uh, right before he ripped off the uh, the tearaway thing. So they didn't know what was going to happen. It was from far away. But as defined by the FCC, in context, depicts or describes sexual or excretory activities. Well, this was not a sexual activity. Nothing sexual was done with her breast. Mm-hmm. Nothing excretory happened on stage. Or organs in a patently offensive manner. Okay, it definitely involved a organ, but not necessarily a sexual one. No, I mean, they're, they're not. I mean, you could look at them as sexual, but that's happening in the mind of the of person the viewer. viewer. Exactly. Exactly. There's nothing I mean, sexual about a breast. There's people out there that get uh, hot over uh, high heel pumps. I mean, are you gonna are you gonna outban them too? The, the function of a breast is to feed milk to a human baby. That's not sexual at all. American Puritans, more on the way. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, and this is the Wednesday Thanksgiving Eve version of the show. Well, nothing's changed. It's just Thanksgiving Eve, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And nothing's going to change tomorrow night either. We're going to be here live for the Thanksgiving Day edition of Free Talk Live. So yes, sitting we around, are. Sitting around with the family, eating dinner, enjoying your, yourself, flip on the radio or flip on your internet connection. Shock the crap out of your family <laughs> with Free Talk Live. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that? Because uh, we uh, will get the discussion going at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's a great that's a great idea. Yep. Do, do your, that. Your dad hates our guts. <laughs> Tune in free talk live. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna be here tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that. Uh, we don't take time off because I think that people deserve live content no matter what day it is. So that's why we're here. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the packet eight toll free line one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And I'd encourage you to sign up for the AMP program, but right now only half of the sign up portion is working because we're still kind of getting our website back online. So why don't you just uh, do some shopping? Head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and buy some stuff. A percentage of the sale will benefit the show. 
And also try our uh, try the Harvest Glow Centerpiece from 1-800-Flowers.com, either as a gift or to decorate your home. Delivery within 24 hours. Uh, the small is only $50 and the large one's 60 So use code FTL to save 10%. Call, click, or come in. Fresh flowers and gourmet gifts delivered same day, any day. No, not Thanksgiving. Yep, it's going to be done. What do you think? They deliver flowers on uh, Valentine's Day? It will be there. There's a code, right? Um, FTL. So you can can order it and put it right on your mom's dinner table, and and she will love it. Awesome. So uh, 50 bucks for the little one, 60 for the large one. The large one's enormous it's it's amazing you can go to uh you 1-800-flowers.com and check it out yep and you can't go wrong with flowers for mom right i mean can you really hard to go wrong how many mom. moms don't like flowers that's right and you'll make sure you're in her will <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're thinking about when you buy flowers for your mom shame on you wayne no my mother hates flowers she's allergic to it really yes all I, flowers all flowers you can't put flowers near her wow what do you what do you get a mom like that Jewelry? I kiss Teddy her. Teddy bears? I give her a hug. There you go. You know what? That's the best. That's that's how I am, Wayne, because I'm too cheap to buy any stuff for my mom. But, it, but, it, but buy flowers for your wife if you want to get lucky. <laughs> 1-800-259-9231. If that's what it takes for you to get lucky, then uh, you should re- you should take another look at your marriage, in my opinion. I saw a statistic uh, earlier, yester- uh, I guess yesterday, that said 20% of American marriages, sex happens 10 times or less per year. Oof. How many? 20%? 20% of American marriages, one out of every five marriages, those people are having sex less than ten times per year. If you think year. of the elderly, perhaps um, you know they've just done it all the times they care to do it. And um, True. It didn't break down any demographics. Mm-hmm. But I bet that would be a lot different if they were talking about people married to school teachers. And why would that be? Haven't you heard about school teachers? Oh, the school teachers uh, doing all the students. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Perhaps, the socialist uh, nympho school teacher. Uh, perhaps if the uh, the husbands were doing their job, they wouldn't be messing with those little boys. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Still time for your calls. Still talking about indecency and obscenity. Of course, the Puritans in America have managed to apparently get in charge of the FCC because you know the FCC isn't an elected position. These FCC bureaucrats aren't accountable to anybody. But uh, what is it? Does Congress appoint the FCC commissioner? I'm not even sure how that works. I guess the president. No, the president, the president does. does. The president appoints the uh, the FCC commissioner. So it really, you know, it doesn't really matter what the FCC does. They're not directly accountable to the American people. So they don't run for election. They, you know, they don't they don't have to pander to the American people. So they really get to just impose their morality system on Americans. And that's essentially what's going on here with the FCC defending their uh, fines against CBS and Fox and other uh, broadcasters for saying the F word or the S word or displaying a breast on television. And I would like to know why it is that the naked breast of a woman is somehow sexual. How is that sexual? Can you explain it to me? 800 Well, I think it was shown in sort of a uh, sexually provocative manner. I think that was the idea. Um, I mean, you know, it, it seems to me. Of course, he, I'm assigning did, that in my head. Right. But, well, I could see that if Justin Timberlake, for instance, caressed it or, uh, you know, um, sucked on it or, or something like that. It. Uh, you know, did, oh did something to it. Then you could have said, yes, that's sex. <laughs> but showing a breast on television, no. Quote, unquote, Ex- accidentally exposed. Right. Uh, no. Bejeweled. Have you ever been to a nudist beach? Um, no, I have. Yes, I have. You have. Well, there's actually one in New Hampshire, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Really? Usually, yes. nudist beaches beaches are bad news. I mean, you know, you go there and it's like, oh, I don't want to see any of this. There aren't very many beaches in New Hampshire. I mean, how many? Well, there's a lot of lakes with beaches too. Oh, I see what you mean. So, I mean, what did you did you have something to say about being in a nudist beach, or well, were you just asking? Well, what I, what I would say about that is there are people who don't care about that. There's breasts hanging out and flapping all around a nudist right. beach, and nobody seems to care except the new people that are new to it. Yeah, exactly. Now, right. the only time anything sexual goes on on a nude beach is when some perv shows up and uh, reaches down his pants or something like that and starts furtively self-pleasuring himself there. That's the only time something sexual goes on, and that's, again, because in his head, he believes that a nude woman is something, you know, sexual. It's just nudity. It's natural. It is the natural state of being for uh, for a human. And I just don't understand our, our obsession with it. And, in fact, if it was on television more often, then there would be no obsession with nudity in this country. We wouldn't be so over-sexualized and sexually repressed to throw back to a topic we covered earlier this week. It's hard to argue with that. Well, the FCC says that uh, it cannot, in context, depict or describe sexual or excretory activities or organs in a patently offensive manner as measured by contemporary community standards for the broadcast medium. Well, good for them. We'll see what happens in the case, and we'll bring it to you here as soon as we find out about it. Now, speaking of sex... Mark, I believe you have a story about some people that were in a park and got busted for something. What well, happened? It looks in uh, like Lafayette, Indiana, the a uh, sex sting in parks, net 17. The excuses offered by the 17 men arrested Monday and Tuesday in a multi-agency sex sting at Tippecanoe Park, County Parks um, were none the police haven't heard before. Obviously no murderers or bank robbers or anything like that on the loose. No, couldn't be. Um, got multi-agencies involved in a sex sting. How many, uh, how many people got uh, robbed or something stolen or yeah. uh, hurt in some way while Apparently they were doing none. this? Yeah. They say it's um, it isn't always their first. They they always say it's their first time or they were going to urinate. Said uh, Lieutenant Don Whitehead of the uh, Kokomo Police Department. But from the uh, great amount of conversation beforehand, it's clear that's not the case. Kokomo Police assisted the Tippecanoe County Sheriff's Department during a two-day operation at Tecumseh Trails, um, Davis Ferry Park sites, long rumored to be destinations for anonymous sexual hookups. And th- this is, of Heavens course, no. this is of course men hooking up. Um, I don't think you could uh, ever convince women to uh, <laughs> hang around a park looking for sexual hookups. Yeah, unless they were getting paid well to do it, mm-hmm. in which case you could convince them. Um, those arrests are suspected of exposing themselves or inappropriately touching undercover detectives. That's a bummer of a job, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jim. All right, Wayne. It's your turn to go out there and get touched by the gay guys. <laughs> I'd like to see what's in his pockets. <laughs> Just feel around. How did this happen? Like, what What was the process here? Well, the sheriff's department received its own blow when one of the suspects turned out to be a long-standing member of its merit board. Oops. The oh, five no, members, you don't. <laughs> the five-member civilian group in charge of hiring, firing, and promoting deputies. The sheriff's um, Smokey Anderson said that he asked Charles Bob Best, 69, of rural Lafayette to resign after the man was found to be among those arrested. Best, who was elected... Because he's a bad... Because now he's a bad man. He's a whereas before, Whereas before, he was a trusted member of the community. Somebody who was so trusted and respected that he was asked to be on this board of representatives or whatever. And has and been there for 20 years. 20 years. But now all of a sudden, he's just a bad guy because he got horny in a forest somewhere. So oh, silly. I love that. 
Other suspects include uh. employees of Greater Lafayette Health Services, the Tippecanoe School Corp., and Purdue University, according to booking reports. Though most suspects are from the Lafayette area, one You mean listed... they don't all come from the trailer park? Apparently not. Um, well, we were uh, talking uh, during break that uh, George Michael was picked up in one of these a uh, few years back. Yes, he was. Now, how did they actually get them to be sexual? What, well, what happened? Um, we're running out of time. They were. It was. It's very briefly described here, but mm-hmm. you know, more or less, they they talked to the guys. They uh, outlined that they're going to uh, have a sexual adventure back in the bushes, and then they go back in the bushes and they make sure that the guy is uh, committed to having this sexual adventure that they had discussed. Um, previously, how do they make sure he's committed? Well, they get a little touching going on, or having have him expose himself. Well, not uh, not both of them. Okay. Um, you you say, well, take your pants off and show it to me, or something like that. So this is entrapment. They they offered sex to these men, offered a little fun time. They went back in the forest, took their pants down, and they were then they arrested them. Right. Reach out here, and I'll let you feel my handcuffs. Outrageous! If you think the police should be doing things like this, please get in touch with us in the near future. And uh, But you can't tonight because we're done. It's been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. But again, we will be back tomorrow night for the live Thanksgiving Day edition of Free Talk Live. Be thinking about what you're thankful for. We want to hear from you about that. This is your show, Free Talk Live. See you tomorrow night. Drive safe, everybody. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.